From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour, and I come bearing very good news. Now, let me put a, a qualifier on this, because I think you know me after more than 30 years together. I never celebrate someone losing their job. I don't like the game of boycotts and cancel culture and all these things. I, I, I just like, you know, the, the, the free market to be given an unfettered chance to just play out if somebody blows themselves up, then that will happen. But I don't like a lot of the things that have been going on. However, this is this is a great day. And it's like dropping breadcrumbs because I promise you the course correction is underway. You have to pay attention because all we know is what's before us. We can we can look five and six months down the road and forecast and think that certain things are going to happen. But it's really important to reflect on what we actually know. And here's what we know. There was a terrible, progressive district attorney named Chesa Boudin, not Jethro Boudin, super genius, Chesa Boudin. And he was awful. And look, I don't hold the the, the child accountable for the, the parents' sins, but never reported is the fact that Boudin, he is the child of left-wing weather underground radicals. They were the drivers in a botched 1981 robbery in New York that left two police officers and a security officer dead. These are, I, I don't know about Chesa Boudin, but, but he's the seed of bad people or the offspring of bad people. And that's not pointed out. I think it should be. He had never been a prosecutor, not local or anything. He barely won office back in November of 2019. He was part of that Soros national wave of progressive prosecutors. And they have they have plagued our nation. With their radical policies. The radical Democrats have gone way too far. The course correction is underway. And let me tell you something. We told you about these breadcrumbs before when three school board members were thrown out of office, recalled in San Francisco, California. These radicals believed that they could do anything and that they were impervious to the electorate striking back. Well, he's done. I think there's going to be more just like him. I think they are about 80,000 signatures away with a few more weeks to go. You know, they make these things very tough. For example, if you ever tried to recall a governor of New Jersey, they made the recall law so tough you almost physically can't do it. In the time frame that you have... 
you you almost can't accomplish what needs to be done with the signatures and so on to even put the question on the ballot. But in Los Angeles, there is someone just as bad as Bodine, Gascon. I think he is going to suffer a similar fate. And he would be on, you talk about a ballot that will be very interesting. He will be on a midterm national ballot in California. Or, yeah, in California, Los Angeles. So if he were to go down. So when you look at these incredibly, horrifically socialist Democrat areas and they recall their prosecutor. When I went sleepy bye-bye for the night, it's been a rough week on sleep for yours truly because I'm very compressed. We're going to be leaving uh, after tomorrow's program for Talkers New York. We have a great Friday program uh, in store for you here early in the morning. uh, The the show goes on. Uh, But I've had a very, very compressed, challenging week. So when I went to sleep, the early returns, 61% of San Francisco voters voted in favor of firing Chasa, that's C-H-A-S-A, Boudin, B-O-U-D-I-N. So I don't celebrate because it's not my style, but this is an absolute piece of evidence that the course correction has begun. Because keep in mind, you don't get to 61 percent without some bitterly divided Democrats that are all mixed up over crime, policing, public safety and so on. You know, there's something going on there because some of them also voted to kick out Boudin. See, at at some point, you, you no matter how radical you are, you have to make a decision that says. My family Myself, my spouse, my family, we're not safe. This is crazy what's going on. That kid getting five months in in some kind of diversionary camp is insane. You've seen the video, I'm sure, in a loop a hundred times, mowing down that mom. I'll tell you what, she's like like a Houdini. She did everything... In a split second that you can do to save your child, she had a brick wall on her side. She had no chance. This guy went right up to the edge of the brick wall. No license, by the way. 16-year-old punk that was already in big trouble. So it's not even like first-time juvie offender. And somebody just like Chase Boudin thinks that's absolutely just peachy. Gascon, by the way. He's going down. This is the results of something that we've been talking to you about for 10 years or more. This Soros project. They wanted to get these radicals in so they can destroy our country. Destroy all of our norms, destroy all of our sense of decency.
and the voters in San Francisco by a very wide margin fired. I'll look during the break, which we're going to go to right now and see the updated numbers. But I I can't imagine it hasn't stayed uh, a wide margin. But he's done. He's out. He's gone. Oh, oh, I should remember to tell you, he's blaming Republicans for this. How do you how do you blame Republicans in San Francisco? Come on. What did he find all four of them hanging around a water cooler somewhere? Come on. Stop it already. Now, this isn't about Republicans. This is about you sucked as prosecutor and the other ones just like you. Everywhere around the country, Krasner in Philadelphia, all of them. See, now, Krasner, I'm, I'm not sure if he's elected or appointed. I'll check into that. In a way, you want them you want them to be elected because then you can get rid of them. Let's take a brief time out. We'll be back in just a little bit. Open forum next hour, and then we will have forward and reverse mortgages in hours uh, three and four. So let's make it count. A lot to do on the early in the morning program. Again, open forum coming up in about 45 minutes. Friday, June 24th, set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Almost 20 minutes past the hour. President Trump had a record of 100 wins, six losses in his 106 endorsements that he has made during Decision 2022. Yesterday, across seven states, including the great state of New Jersey, where he endorsed Jeff Andrew, President Trump compiled 10 more wins, zero losses. So at this point in time, with still more to go, he's at 116 and six. And your Democrat media doesn't say a word about it. But of course, tomorrow night, they're going to have the wonderful ABC produced slick January 6th. And, you know, they're going to make it look, oh, my gosh. And remember, there's all kinds of video that they won't release. I'll tell you what I'd like to know. There is a very suspicious character that really only Tucker Carlson brings up. Forgive me, I don't know his name. I know his name when I hear it. It's just not somebody I've spent a lot of time thinking about. But we probably should. Because he may be the or an instigator of January 6th. Even with all of the, not millions, billions of dollars that the Democrat media, you think about it over the course of now almost, what, more than a year and a half or just about a year and a half. They have hit President Trump with every bad Word, every description, every negative you can possibly do. And a Democrat poll came out a couple of days ago that we forgot to mention to you yesterday or the day before. And the American people do not hold President Trump accountable for January 6th. Remember, he it started before he spoke. And when and that's a little inconvenient truth right there. And 
when he spoke, he said sort of an if and when you go to the Capitol building to protest to do so peacefully. I mean, there's no there's no there's no way to charge him. So you can only politically attack him. And I'll tell you another thing I've been really spending some time thinking about because we have to band together as a nation. We've got to do it state by state. Peter Navarro had nothing to do with January 6th. He wasn't there. He wasn't part of it in any way whatsoever. This criminal, kangaroo, fraudulent committee that subpoenaed him because they want him to give privileged conversations that he had with the president. This is all established long ago that you don't have to do that. So if you're not involved, it's a January 6th committee. If you're not involved with January 6th, then what are you doing besides harassing people in the Trump orbit? They put him in leg shackles and locked him up, grabbed him at an airport on purpose. People compare it to Roger Stone, but they don't know what they're talking about because what Navarro had happened was Christmas compared to what they did to Stone. It's not even in the same universe. Had somebody write me, this is stone treatment. I wrote back stone treatment. Are you aware of amphibious uh, airplanes? Uh, Unbelievable weaponry. I mean, there's no comparison. But they're both terrible. And now you're going to have Bannon on trial again. They won't leave that man alone. He's now subpoenaing them. But I've been giving a lot of thought to Navarro. And I swear he looks like he's aged 10 years in the last couple of weeks. I taped the interview and unfortunately I got on a phone call while I was watching it. So I don't know, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at multitasking, but I I give my attention. And I was speaking to somebody that had a, a difficult situation that they were telling me about and and asking for help and asking me for my thoughts. So, unfortunately, I should have hit pause, but the day just got away from me. I saw a little bit of it. I saw most, I saw Tucker's monologue on it. And then I got interrupted and didn't see Navarro. I saw him, but I muted it. But he looked like he had aged 10 years. Then again, if what happened to him happened to you, see how you would hold up we should be all very concerned then i find out and i heard it only in tucker's monologue navarro lives like on the other side of the street they could he could have walked over there hey it's me guys hi they went and did that when they knew exactly where he lived these are sick people and then you have Merrick Garland. This this guy is afraid of his own shadow. He's getting a lot of heat from Democrats and people like Liz Cheney. Is that, should I just say Democrats? 
what I, I, I don't have to say Liz Cheney, Democrat. I mean, she, look at look at her. What a disgrace. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait until she gets demolished in her primary. It's going to be fantastic. Then she'll ta- she'll she'll give some crazy speech about what an honor it is, you know, to do what she's doing. And even though it cost her this and, you know, and then she'll you know, you, you know what's coming. She'll she'll do something, run for president, do something, you know, crazy. But the guy lived across the street and they went and got him in an airport. This is America. That's the kind of stuff you expect in Russia, in China, in Venezuela, in Iran. You don't expect that in the United States of America. And I'm going to tell you right now, you you Republican uh, mush mouse and pumpkin pusses. Homage to a great cartoon, by the way. Mush mouse and pumpkin puss. You better remember all of this. You know, I I have said this long before I heard anyone else say it on the national stage. Still waiting for somebody to say it. Eric Holder was found in contempt of Congress. He did not produce the documents that they wanted. Because he had decided that producing them would be worse than the bad will that he would get for not producing them. How come Eric Holder was not locked up, put in leg shackles and thrown in a jail cell? Republicans remember all of this. And the problem is, this is against everything that I believe and everything that I've spoken about for more than 30 years publicly here. But that but it's over the time for they get to break your spine, crush you, crush your kids and anybody else they choose. And then when Republicans win, oh, we don't do that. Yeah, you better do it. You better do it. The problem is you start this, there's no end to it. But it can't be like this anymore. One side cannot get away with crushing the other. And then the other side wins and it's all smooch and flowers and candy and Valentine's Day. Can't have it. Boy, there's a long list of bad people on their side that nothing has ever happened to. I mean, look at this Sussman. He has the audacity to say that he was falsely charged and all. I mean, it's just it's it's maddening. You have jurors that their their child's on his child's team. Three or four jurors that are Clinton contributors. One that's an AOC contributor. The judge's wife, Lisa Page's attorney. I mean, this is this is what we're up against. It's beyond comprehension. The judge should be disbarred, impeached. And he should be disbarred as a lawyer. He was completely conflicted. And he was a most difficult judge on John Durham because of his bias. Limiting what he could do. Then when they're going after any Trump associate, the no, nothing's off bounds, out of, out of bounds. This has to stop. And it better stop with this year's election. I don't celebrate it, but 
the first time that one of them gets their ass locked up and the video cameras are rolling because they tip them off and they throw leg shackles on you so you can do that duck walk. Nobody looks good doing the duck walk, no matter what suit you're wearing. I'm wearing a $5,000 suit. Yeah, well, you're doing the perp duck walk. You don't look good. Have the leg shackles ready. Get the ones. Make them look like uh, Hyman Roth in Godfather 3 in the airport doing the duck walk. I'm a refugee living on a pension. I'm Hyman Roth. I've had, as you can tell, I've had more than enough of this. I am tired of good people getting crushed and these horrifically bad people getting away with it all and being celebrated like they're good people. So yesterday, I'm telling you, is the beginning of the worm has turned. I don't care what expression you want. Every dog has his day. And by the way, it's very important to stay focused. Give you a sports uh, analogy as we go into the break. Joe Madden is one of the great managers of the modern era. One of the best. By the way, not my style, but I do respect his results. It's nothing, I don't have anything hypercritical to say. Just not my style of manager. I like like a Joe Torre. I like Joe Girardi. I like Aaron Boone. Um, I like that type of manager. Don Mattingly, this, this type of manager. A Dusty Baker. I like fire, don't get me wrong. Um, but lose 13 games in a row. Well, he, he got fired after losing 12. They've now lost a 13th in a row. They're finding excruciating ways to lose. The loss to the Phillies was absolutely excruciating. Then they lost one to nothing for their 12th straight loss. And then last night they lost to the Red Sox six to five in 10 innings. And Joe Madden had already been fired. So I bring that up because he is one of the great managers of the modern era. And anybody that thinks that they're irreplaceable, guess again. Lose 12 games in a row, and you'll be out. Look at Joe Madden. We'll be back. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. A Philadelphia, Delaware Valley broadcasting legend who I had the privilege to get to know. And she was a trailblazer as well. Passed away yesterday at age 95. We have the story. State of New Jersey and the Atlantic City Mayor are denying City Council requested data. It's their data. It's outrageous. And Atlantic City Council adopts a hybrid model for council meetings that will increase citizen participation. 
From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Still a bit damp this morning, then dry and warm and humid during the day before we get soaked tonight. Look for periods of sun and clouds throughout your Wednesday with a high temperature of 82 degrees this afternoon. Rain will return around midnight tonight with downpours and gusty thunderstorms possible, low 71. Rain wraps up mid-morning tomorrow, then clearing skies. Tomorrow's high, 81. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you have questions about Medicare? For early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Are you Hurley? That's how I met Mark Levin a couple of years ago. In fact, I remember the year. It was 2016. I'm good at remembering... I'm very bad at remembering exact years that I was at somewhere or did something. But if I have a point of reference, the reason I remember 2016, it was a very magical year for your humble, unassuming broadcast specialist. Uh, We received the National Humanitarian of the Year Award. That was perhaps the biggest award we've ever gotten. And we're in a couple of Hall of Fames and things like that. Uh, But it was amazing. But Levin and I, I had the Humanitarian of the Year Award and Levin won the Freedom of Speech Award, which clearly he deserved. So my back was turned. I'm facing the stage and the, the program had not. It was just before the program was beginning. So we're down close to they had certain seats we were supposed to be in. We were down close to the um, to, to the stage. And I hear, are you Hurley? And I turn around. Yes, I am. And uh, we pose for a picture. And that's that's how I met the great one. Uh, June. I don't remember the day. Like if it's on this thing. No, it just says 2016 because I have this plaque in here. It was uh, June 2016, probably the second Friday in June of 2016 at Hofstra University. The great one. Mark Levin, 6 o'clock, ready for Sean Hannity. Right here on the station that plays the winners, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This portion of Hurley in the Morning is brought to us in part by Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. And I've been imploring you to please not get caught in July when it is just day after day of heat that builds and doesn't have a chance to recede. Right now, you can get get kind of lucky. We had the one day that was like 94 degrees, but then it was like 55 or something. So the house will cool off. But when you have 90 every day, it just doesn't have a chance. And you're talking to an expert because when I was a young child uh, and we lived in Ventnor and I was on the third floor of a big house, It was sweltering up there, even though we were really only like a block from the ocean. It was tough stuff. So don't let your cooling system go down. Get with them now while while it's 70 degrees and not 90 degrees. AmbientComfortNJ.com or 609-568-568. 0955. You're going to thank me if you do it. And if you don't, you're going to remember, oh man, Harry told me, ah, I'm sweating bullets. I don't know about you, but not being able to fall asleep 
when you are just sweating and, and uncomfortable and you're just turning side to side and you keep turning the pillow because it feels a little bit cooler when it you know, when you get you know the old expression cool is the other side of the pillow uh just don't let it go ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals tell them i sent you all right uh under the heading of i always feel this need <laughs> my sister just wrote me fans in the windows and i we did that but i'll tell you what uh dear sister write me back did it ever matter did that do with other than the loud humming sound that I was not a fan of, although I would walk up to it as a child sometimes and yell into it because I liked the sound that the wind and all of that um, whatever made. All right, my sister wrote, not much, exclamation point. I never thought it made any difference at all. It was so hot. Oh, I don't want to think about that. I, I never take for granted feel very blessed let's see i'm under my heading of to be perceived as fair you have to be more than fair i don't know why i do this and I actually from time to time get criticized when i'm out and about harry why do you why, they're not fair why, why are you why do you try to be fair they're not fair i say look blame my parents i can't be like them and i don't think you want me to be like them so a dear friend who I've known for more than 50 years. He didn't write anything, but I know exactly. I mean, he wrote something, but he didn't tell me who it's about, but I know who it's about. It just reads, full cavity search, no water, no lawyer, told him it was Hinckley's cell, total disgrace. All right, so let me break that down. I have no corroboration unless Navarro said it himself. And as I told you, I saw Tucker... And I heard Tucker, but I had to mute the interview because of the interview that I was conducting. So I don't know what Navarro said, although he looked 10 years older than the last time I saw him, which wasn't long ago. I don't know that he had a full cavity search. I don't know that he was not given any water. I don't know that he was told he can't have a lawyer. And I don't know if they told him he was in Hinckley's cell. Now, None of that would surprise me, but my best instincts tell me, if you said, do you think he had a cavity search? I would say, well, no, I don't know why. He just went through TSA. They nabbed him in an airport. So he went through the screener. If he had some kind of, uh, you know, uh, homemade bomb or, or, or weapon stuck up his bunghole, that would have been seen in the x-ray, in the imaging that they do. So if they did any of that, it was on purpose just to, um, you know, to humiliate him. If he asked for water and they didn't give it to him, it's disgusting because they would give it to a terrorist. And if he was told he couldn't have a lawyer, a ditto. And I did hear this thing that he was in Hinckley's cell but I don't know the setup. I mean, you know, if, if somebody said he was in Hinkley's cell in Ventnor, they had one cell. So I guess they have a few there in, in this particular area. But I, I'm not that moved by he was in Hinkley's cell. You know, Hinkley was in that cell for a very short while, and then he was in a, in a mental institution. So some kind of psychiatric uh, facility. But 
none of it surprises me if any of it's true or if it's not true. None of it surprises me that I mean, this is the country we live in where good people get treated very bad and bad people get treated very good. Think about it. We have many examples of this. It goes against everything that a normal person believes in, but it really is where we presently find ourselves. Our last time out this hour, a mini segment straight ahead, actually a full segment straight ahead, and then we'll have open forum coming up in about 18, 19 minutes from now. This is Hurley in the Morning, proud to say. Jim Malamut, open forum next hour. Jim Malamut, Green Tree Mortgage, Forward Mortgages at 8. John Walters, and All About Reverse Mortgages at 9. This is Hurley in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Let me follow up on Peter Navarro for one more moment, and then we'll move on to some other important ground that we'll we'll try to cover before the top of the hour. We've got a little over seven minutes left, and then we're turning the program over to you for the entire 7 o'clock hour, and you never disappoint. So let's... Um, Let's do this, and then I can't wait to do that. Peter Navarro is exactly correct when he says that this whole January 6th panel is designed to stop President Trump from running in 2024. Here's what they don't understand. Haven't they? Now, look, I have whatever, 40-year head start because I know the president very well. I can promise you that from personal knowledge – It's been, I'll tell you, it's been a great, never thought I would ever have it. It is amazing to have such personal knowledge of the the, the inner workings, the, 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 the way that the American president thinks. Never thought ever. That's why you just, you never know. Although I do remember saying to President Trump back in 1991-ish, that I thought he should run for president. And I'll never forget his answer. His answer was, if something is going on that's so important and I think that it is something that I could help with, I will run. And, of course, he did. He saw the economy was broken. He saw how messed up things were after eight years of Obama-Biden. You would think... I know that that human nature is very, very quick to forget. That's both good and bad because pain hurts and it is good that you can forget certain things rather quickly. But it's very dangerous because how do we get Biden back after just four years of what Obama Biden did? How would we get one of these jackasses back? It, It just doesn't make logical sense but then again in bizarro world nothing does it's all backwards so navarro is exactly right he said that it is completely january 6th panel completely designed to stop trump from running but let me just enlighten you about something i think you have this figured out on your own but i'm going to share my thoughts on the on the point anyhow president trump easiest way 
to make President Trump do the opposite of what you want is to do exactly what they're doing. Come after him, come after his kids, come after his friends, come after his business associates. What we really have to make sure that we fix, who will want to serve in government? Honestly, I'll be totally frank with you. If I got asked to come and serve, I would never want to disappoint my president. But they, they, they invent crimes. I mean, you can live, you know, straight up, right? And good your entire life. And they can come after you for some processed crime made up out of whole cloth. Who's going to say yes to this? They financially destroy you. They destroy your reputation. Who? who, Oh, yeah. Sign me up. I can't wait. I can't wait to go before Adam Schiff and Fat Nadler. But that is clearly what this committee is about. That's what tomorrow night's show. I'll be in a very comfortable, beautiful hotel that I love. And I don't think I, I, I'm going to have to have the Yankees on. I can't I can't put that on. I, I'm really sorry, but I can't I can't watch their show. I, I, I I'm pretty resigned that I refuse to watch their show for two reasons. One, they're liars. What do I got to watch liars for? Number two, I already know. I already know what it's going to be like. It's going to be your typical liberal tripe. They will make President Trump. They'll, by the way, they'll never play him saying uh, if you go you, you know, to the Capitol building to protest, please do so peacefully. They'll never show him say that. They have one angle. That is to make President Trump look like an insurrectionist. They'd love to. They're not going to get away with it and they can't do it. They'd love to bring him up on criminal charges to make him ineligible to run, convict him, make him ineligible to run. That's the way they work. If they destroy you, they win. Quote, he said that the Jan- this is Navarro, bluntly said that the January 6th committee's primary purpose isn't to investigate the events leading up to the Capitol attack. Instead, quote, their number one job is to stop Trump from running for president in 2024. You know, Navarro wrote a letter to the panel explaining that his executive privilege rights would preclude him from speaking and that he wouldn't be appearing and they didn't take that to a court to, to have a magistrate decide whether he was right or they are right. They instead got him indicted. You think they uh, took Sussman out in leg irons and shackles and checked his hiney hole and all this stuff? Think any of that happened to him? I don't think so. This is where we're at. How do you like it? That's why I said a day or two ago, 
if I could blink, if I was, if I could be Jeannie Nelson, Barbara Eaton, and blink five months away, be very tough for me. As much as I have such a sense of urgency to not want to waste a second, but I'd, I'd give it up. I'd give it up. There's a lot that's going to go on during the next five months. You're really going to have to uh, hold your nose. It's it's going the Democrats. When I tell you they are going to scorch the earth like you cannot believe, they there is no issue that they can run on. So get ready. It's going to be tough stuff. Your calls begin right now. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Fill up this week. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, let's do this six minutes past the hour. Wide open forum for the entire hour. 609-407-1450. You've heard what's on my mind. Now it's my opportunity to hear what's on your mind. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Good morning. I want to bring up the... um Middle Township, uh, Middle Township that's going to have the uh, armed guards uh, starting in September. Wonderful idea. Yep. Should have been there all the time. Yep. And they had the interview on one of the local uh, TV stations, and they interviewed um, a man and a woman. The man said he's all for it. The woman said, oh, she doesn't think so because, you know, my, my, my girls might be intimidated by the, by the sight of a gun. So this is the son of a bitch that's going to end up uh, complaining when uh, somebody comes in and shoots her kids. So I'm all for uh, the um, uh, loser who's in charge of the police. Uh, I was a... Um, Middle Township residents, two of my children went through, uh, two of my grandsons, one's graduating this year, one's going to come up. I want them safe. The only problem I see is this. The guards at the front with the gun, letting people in with the buzzing and so forth and so on coming out. But there's always a back door. Yeah. And that's the back door that needs to be covered by somebody because kids will be kids. That That's where the term harden these different targets comes from that's there's got to be an understanding that you can't prop doors open anymore uh how about this you're talking about like a back door how about the gymnasium that that every gym i know has huge double doors multiple sets on every single side of the square if you will you're talking about potentially uh 10 sets of doors just in in a gym uh, that's why they need those um, those hook things that go over. They're covered in rubber, and they hook over the uh, the handles. Every door has to be treated and fortified. You have to treat it like if you left it open, that's something terrible. It, it's it's like a retraining uh, because I know people like to prop doors open and leave doors open and have sneak you know sh- shortcuts and things like that. You're absolutely correct. If you're buttoned down in the front. And you're wide open on the sides and in the back. You haven't accomplished that much at all. 
Well, I like I said, I could talk to you for about four hours with different things, but that's my main thing, and I'm all for uh, the Lusner, uh, who's a very good p- p- policeman, uh, and I hope the school board, which votes on it in a couple of days, sees it the same way. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not with the gentlelady who, for some reason, has an aversion to it, uh, but I'll tell you what, if her child or grandchild was in a school that had no protection... Uh, she probably would have something to say about that after the fact. Why not do something different? We've been doing the same thing. Why not do something different? Well, if you were going to go shoot up a school and you knew that there was a cop with a gun right there when you walk in the door, what are the chances you're going to pick that school? Well, that that and also this no gun zone business that's got to be eliminated. That's just an, an open well. Yeah, it, it makes that makes the gunman the only person with a gun, unless you're law enforcement. Uh, thank you for a great call. Uh, we will follow up with you on this when the vote goes down. If they vote against that, then if it's an appointed board, uh, get new officials because they appointed bad board members. If it's an elected board, recall them. Uh, if they vote against that, uh, the citizens should uprise. But let's let's um, reconvene when we know more. Ladies and gentlemen, a very dear friend, Egg Harbor Township Committeeman Joe O'Donohue. Committeeman. Good morning, sir. How are you? Very well. You know, I, I'm listening to all the comments, and I've been listening, and I, you know, I don't like to talk until I really have something that I've thought about considerably, but this is second nature to me. I would say that, you know, false security in a gun it's not it's not just the weapon that we need in the school it's the training that follows it you know well it's true because in uvalde texas they had 20 guns right outside but nobody went in yeah and we need constant training and updating just like you do when you're a police officer uh you should have constant updating and training including live scenarios with our county acert commonly known to people as our SWAT team, to bring updates to the school system as to what to do, that includes staff, what to do in a case, and what to look for from us, what to expect from us. And as far as securing the doors, I couldn't agree more, Harry. But we need to alarm our doors. Yeah, there's an expense involved, but we need to have our doors alarmed and not detached from that alarm. So if there is an open door, um, it will go off, it'll sound, and you'll know there's a reason for it. Joe, with, uh, with all the money that our government wastes at the state level, at the federal level, this should be – you want to really do something instead of going after the Second Amendment and disarming the people and, and playing your radical games that the Democrats do every time there's a tragedy. Why not apply significant resources to every school district in America, make it a federal – Uh, mission, make it a federal goal that every school in America, every public school, and you you can't do uh, the parochial schools, unfortunately, but there will be a way, hopefully, that fundraising can be done and things for the parochial schools as well. But you fund that at the federal level and you harden every school in America, like you're talking about, with the alarms so that if a door opens, all hell breaks loose. Sirens go off. Lights start. Strobe lights start blinking. It goes bananas. 
uh, that's what we need to do. And there won't, and these bad guys won't go into schools. There'll be no, there'll be no reason for them to go there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, you and I, I've, I've heard some, I have lots of teachers and educators in my own family, lots of daughter-in-laws and that are, you know, in that career and pursuing that career, including my youngest son and several of my grandchildren. But here's what I'm going to say to you. You're absolutely correct about that. We need to put money. Listen, what's our finest asset? What's our most important? And what I say to people all the time, what would you give to the safety of your children? And all people, that you yeah, survey. People would say everything. Dream about. Yeah, they would give you everything. Everything. There's no limit to that. So why are we limiting the security of our children? Why are we doing that? Put the hands in the professionals, have them trained and updated to and, and have it with your local police department, no matter how big or how small, and your county ACERT team, which is your commonly known, again, as your SWAT team. Not everybody's familiar with ACERT, but I, I tell you, they're trained to the teeth in this county. They constantly train. I'm proud to say that two of my sons are team leaders on that county SWAT team, and I know the training that they go through and the scenario training. We need that for not only our police officers and our security retired police officers at the school school system, but we need it for our our children. They need to know. Listen, we don't want to alarm. I don't want to be an alarmist. But you remember this and I remember this. Didn't we used to have to practice going downstairs into the basement and hiding under our desks for fear of an atomic or nuclear war when we were kids? Yeah. And if if you didn't go down in the basement because there wasn't one in some cases, you went under the desks in your classroom. Correct. This is no different. This is a scenario training that needs to take place. Our children, rather than being panicked, need to have a second nature. You go left, you go right, here's what you do. You secure the door, you help each other. They need to learn that. And it becomes almost like the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, I like it. And as you say, law enforcement also has to be trained and retrained because what went on in Texas blows my mind. When I when I know people like O'Donohue and Heath and, and people like this, there's no way you guys would have waited outside for 45 minutes to an hour listening to little children getting blown away one after the other. I, I'm I'm still uh, mystified how that was allowed. Uh, I don't know if they were afraid, if they were poorly trained, combination of both. Uh, I don't even know what to make of it. it. It's just crazy what went on. So that all has to happen, too. Joe, uh, to be continued, I've got I've got to run. We're, we're tight on time, and I'm up against a break. I'm late for the break. Uh, good to talk to you, my friend. Keep in touch. More of your calls. One open phone line. That's it. 609-407-1450. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk station. And this is Sean Hannity. The truth and nothing but. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. You know, they talk about with the recession, a soft landing. And that's when, you know, they try and cool down the economy by raising interest rates, which the Fed is now currently doing. Too little, too late. They spend too much money. Joe caused a lot of it. Artificially reducing the world supply of energy. That didn't help in any way, shape, manner, or form. It costs more to ship everything to every store that we, we go to, we, we make purchases from. And they talk about, well, a recession with a soft landing and not having this be a long protracted recession like we had in the Jimmy Carter years, which apparently Joe Biden is very, very angry 
that he's being compared to Jimmy Carter. I would take it a step further. I would say he's worse than Jimmy Carter. Keeping you on the straight path. Later today, it's the Sean Hannity Show. These days, you use your personal information to do just about everything, especially when you're online. With all that info just out there floating around, well, it can make the Internet a practical goldmine for these identity thieves. Wait, actually, wait, I take that back. That's not fair to gold miners. Mining is hard work, but stealing your identity is so dangerously easy in this day and age. LifeLock, they see the threats you miss on your own. If, in fact, your information is compromised, you get an alert. And if, in fact, your identity is stolen, you get a U.S.-based dedicated restoration specialist that will fix it for you. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, but you can make sure your identity theft protection starts right now and right here. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com. They have a low annual rate. If you use the promo code Hannity, you'll save an additional 25% off your first year. Protect your name, reputation, finances, and credit score. LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code Hannity. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. Thank you. 22 minutes past the hour, 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, hey, Harry, I want to say um, I'm really happy to hear that people are actually talking about that conversation you and I had last week regarding parking a police officer and LEO uh, uniformed inside the schools. And I want to go one step further for people to think about before this vote. I walked through the Philadelphia airport last night at 1.35 a.m. I left out in gate D and I came back in gate A, so I had to walk all the way through all the gates. There was a state trooper at every gate sitting there at 1.35 in the morning. I just want people to imagine when they walk into the Atlantic City Airport and they see that state trooper. They walk inside that airport in Philly. They see that state trooper. They're already inside the the the, uh, the airport, and nobody freaks out. Everybody sees them there, and they're on their best behavior because of it. Well, I believe in deterrence. I, I believe in being proactive. And if you do those things, I think you're able to prevent a lot of these things that happen because the people that perpetrate these things know that typically they're the only person that's going to be armed. We gave the example of Aurora when there were, I forget exactly how many, but multiple movie theaters, no rational sane human would believe that the gunman picked the one that was in the gun-free school zone uh, for any reason other than he knew he would be the only one armed unless there would be a cop uh, you know that had the right to carry off duty or something like that uh, in the movie theater, and I think there was one, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that's um, I, I think that's like standard one hundred and one. Uh, the presence, even in areas where uh, they don't have enough staffing to do more, if you put a police car in an area where you're trying to do stop DUIs and things like that, just having a police car with no one in it is a huge deterrent. And these people tell you it's not a deterrent. They go where the targets are soft. I don't think it's any coincidence that we see this time and time again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want everybody else to think about the fact that if they say, well, this isn't in the budget, think about the fact that they legalized marijuana 
to gain the tax revenues. How much money did we make? Did the state make in the first week? Fifteen million dollar? I don't know what the number was, but it was very high. So if they're going to legalize something that's going to increase the potential for road hazards and deaths on the inter- deaths on the highway, deaths you know with respect to to uh, uh, under driving under the influence, uh, certainly something like this. Well, Kevin, if you think about it, whether it's smoking or many other things. The syntax on cigarettes in part goes to fund smoking secession programs to stop people from smoking. Now, of course, that's that that's to me, that's really tricky stuff, because if everybody quit, they would have they would have a loss of revenue that they wouldn't know what to deal with, you know, how to handle it. But in the in those types of products are monies that are set aside. So, yeah, why not say you're putting a drug that actually alters people's state, you know, and 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 makes them uh, a certain way and if it does i'm not sure that smoking marijuana would make you more um likely to to you know shoot somebody or or to be a mass shooter or anything like that but i would be all for taking some of those funds and applying them to prevention programs and different things like that i don't i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all Absolutely, and it's, it goes hand in hand. Look at the gambling. Uh, when you have, you know, uh, a gambling uh, a casino ad, you have if you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred gamble. Right? I mean, it's the same thing. They're diverting those tax revenues to try to help the problem that they're creating. That they well, and and see, and the explanation behind that, I'm very familiar with that one because I read the disclaimer all the time. I don't even have to read it; it's in my head. Uh, they have an obligation by the New Jersey Casino Control Act to do that kind of. Um, uh, full disclosure and yes to help people because the idea is that most people can recreationally gamble but if someone is addicted and loses everything and has all kinds of difficulties in normal life because their gambling issue is so um so powerful and controlling them uh yeah that's why they have the programs to help people it carries through almost in every example that we're talking about. Absolutely. Last thing I want to say, we've got the tax revenues. It's a great idea. It's a best practice. And we should definitely be putting uniformed police officers in every school uh, that we've got in the state of New Jersey. Thank you and have a great day. Good to talk to you, Kevin. Be well. One open phone line, 609-407-1450. You're going to be on after the bottom of the hour break. If you can just hang in there, you are on right now. Go. Yes. Uh, I don't want to talk about the fun uh, mass shootings. and. Well, remember, it's open forum, so you, you're not bound by anything that happened before you came on. Go. This past, this past April, Biden has promised to cut greenhouse effect, uh, emissions in half by 2030. Sweeping changes to the power grid, transportation, and manufacturing sectors will need to take place. Uh, a huge amount of land is going to have to be sacrificed. And it's going to be a land equal to the size of South Dakota by 2030, five South Dakotas by 2050. Also, huge swaths of land are going to have to be mined for minerals because they're going to they're going to phase out natural gas and coal, and they're going to have to uh, extract cobalt metals like cobalt uh, and minerals to uh, for the huge batteries that will be. Well, used well Flash, let me let me let me just uh, intervene. You make it like they're going to be in control for the rest of you know humanity. Uh, this is this is a blip on the radar screen. It's a total fluke that it ever happened to begin with. The American people are rejecting it by the day. 
83% of the American people in lockstep that the economy is absolutely terrible and that this is a failed administration. You're making it like their policies are going to carry the day. They're gone. They're gone in a couple of years. And and they're not going to be able to do much at all when you get uh, split government. So uh, I'm rejecting this whole thing uh, because that's what they want to do. But they're going to be stopped. Well, uh, hopefully so. I, I really hope so because uh, – Well, if you're not in office, you're stopped. And there, a lot of them are not going to be in office, including this president who is one and done. I guarantee you he's done. And the Congress, the uh, probably both houses uh, as of this January will be Republican. Absolutely guarantee you that the House will be. So anything major, he can do executive orders and they'll be rescinded by the next president. So we just have to make it through a couple more years. We have to survive Biden like we survived Obama Biden. Well, I'm quite sure the 2000 mules were successful in getting Biden in office, but never forget that a. Hillary Clinton could barely pack in a library, and uh, Bernie Sanders had whole auditoriums packed, and she out she uh, outbid him for uh, the run uh, yeah. against President Trump. Now, yeah. and this last pres- this last uh, governor uh, race was stolen too. So never put it past those people that uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, this is why I always say we have to win by a very big margin to overcome their cheat factor because they do. They bend the rules. They change the rules. They're willing to cheat. They're willing to do anything because, as I often say, they want to win in the worst way, not in the best way. So, Flash, I hear you, uh, but I, I have faith in the American people. It's going to work out. Jack Cittarelli will be the next governor of the state of New Jersey, and I've been making these kinds of predictions for a long, long time, going all the way back to Florio, who I knew would be governor. Even though he lost to Kane, I knew he would be governor. And Whitman, I knew, would be governor when she lost to Bradley. And I knew McGreevy would be governor when he narrowly lost to Whitman. And it goes on and on and on and on. And it'll happen again. Chitterelli narrowly lost. He will win next time. The one saving grace, and our founders were divinely inspired. They set something up. That is endured for 250 years because when one side goes too far, the American people course correct, just like with uh, Jethro Bodine's cousin, Chesa Boudin, although Chesa Boudin's not a super genius like Jethro Bodine. Spelled differently, but I just like saying it. I've interviewed Jethro Bodine, by the way, Max Baer Jr., Good guy. Uh, Chase Bodine. Who would ever believe that a woke, broke, joke prosecutor could get thrown out in San Francisco? It happened. Gascon is next in L.A. The Democrats in the House are next on November 8th. Biden is next and he'll take himself out. He'll be like Lyndon Johnson. He, he's not running. It's over for him. His own party is going to tell him. You can't run, Joe. Your calls continue in just a moment. I am Harry Hurley. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Thank you for doing that. 
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Mrs. Howiggins, it's still me. At a different window, different counter, roll up the window, it's still me. Three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. A Philadelphia, Delaware Valley broadcasting legend and trailblazer has passed away. A remarkable woman. I write all about her. Check it out. The state of New Jersey and Atlantic City Mayor are denying City Council their own budget data. It's remarkable. And Atlantic City Council, this is good news, has adopted a hybrid model. Citizens will be able to participate. From the Townsquare, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Daytime hours today looking all clear. Last night's rain is out of here. Our next batch of wet weather will hold off until late tonight. So look for sun and clouds today. High temperature, 82 degrees. It'll be warm and humid. Rain returns around midnight tonight. Could be some heavy stuff overnight. Low 71. Wet start to tomorrow, but a dry finish. We'll see clearing skies by the afternoon. High temperature, 81. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you have questions about Medicare? For Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. You ever notice that the Democrats, uh, if they don't win by the rules that are in place... They want to change the rules. It's it's like they have a just a, a rule book with a lot of um, cross outs in it and, and new rules written in it. Now, we don't like that rule because, after all, Al Gore won the popular vote and he didn't get to be president. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. She didn't get to be president. So obviously that means the Electoral College has failed. And so they have to change that. Meanwhile, Al Gore ran uh, an entire probably last third of the campaign making it clear that the popular vote doesn't matter that in America we elect our presidents by the Electoral College because every bit of data that they had said that President Bush was going to win the popular vote, which he would have. The DUI thing that came out on the, um, I guess it was on the Thursday late at night before Election Tuesday, uh took the popular vote win away, but of course not the Electoral College win. So then after Al Gore won the popular vote and lost the Electoral College, then they flipped their script again and say it should have been the popular vote. And they're, they're just, you have to understand, they never quit. They're working on ending the Electoral College if they're given a chance. They would like to uh, end all kinds of things and norms that we have in place right now changing election laws. Uh, They want to change all kinds of things. So when it doesn't go their way, they want to change the way the game is played. It's quite quite amazing. They're very special. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Mr. Tudball here. How are you? Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I do want to talk about January 6th, but I I want to comment on the... uh, police in schools yeah now you'll recall you'll recall when joe biden was pushing his infrastructure bill and the democrats started saying something that they'd never said before which is that people are infrastructure now right right. they called it human infrastructure right so if people are infrastructure then we can use money that we're giving to Ukraine, 
that we're, that COVID money that's being used for other things, we can use that money and we can invest in the infrastructure of retired police and military and have them guard schools. Because after all, retired police and retired military are people and therefore, by the Democrats' own definition, that would make them human infrastructure. No? Uh, yes. Of course. Of course. So use their own logic. Yeah. Um, so but they don't, they don't want you to use their logic. They want their logic to be unique and only to them. Someone on Facebook asked why the Democrats are against having police in schools, armed guards. And the answer, Harry, is very simple, because that would solve the problem. So in other words, they want the problem to continue to exist. So the problem is not allowed to be solved. Exactly. And it's a horrible thing to say, but I believe they salivate whenever there's another one of these school shootings. And, and, and because Harry, don't 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 try to tell me Democrats care about children when they've been killing them since 1973 to the tune of 80 million, and to this day advocate for it. So don't tell me they care about children. Don't tell me they even care about people. They let people die in Benghazi. They left behind how many Americans in Afghanistan? Don't tell me the Democrats care. But they do fight for criminals not to be killed. Yes, they're letting up. 100,000 Americans die of fentanyl. They're letting uh, a black genocide go on in, in, in Chicago for decades. So don't tell me they care about people. So that let's, let's get off that topic. January 6th, I don't know if you saw John Solomon's report about all of the systems failures that took place uh, on January 6th and leading up to January 6th. It, it's really amazing. Um, you know, if Donald Trump uh, really wanted January 6th to happen, then he wouldn't have called out, he wouldn't have offered the National Guard. Muriel Bowser turned it down. She said she didn't want Washington, D.C. to look like a, a police state. No, no, there's no question. The mayor uh, failed. Nancy Pelosi failed. She was responsible. That's why this January 6th committee is just a political show. It's not a commission. It's not a committee. They're not seeking uh, the truth. They they are trying to destroy President Trump. So he either can't run or won't run or won't win. They're trying to just completely demolish him because clearly, clearly there are if you were actually looking at what happened on January 6th, the shortage of of trained armed paramilitary police, whatever you want to call them, security, Washington Capitol Police. I mean, they were offered so many uh, ways that they would have had additional help. And if there was this chatter and they say there was, why did they turn it down? Harry, we know for a fact that multiple police departments around the country, and I believe including Philadelphia, told them well in advance that there was going to be a problem that day. And I think it was the, either the FBI or the CIA said, quote, war is coming. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the CIA because they don't do um, stuff here in America. They do something different. But it was the FBI who told them that there was going to be a problem on January 6th. Why did they not 
do something about it. This whole committee should that's the that's the question that should be answered. They're going to do all this other side stuff and not actually go after what wasn't done and it could have been prevented. And again, they were already at it before President Trump even began to speak. So they act like President Trump speaking started this. No, they were already at it. And he actually told them to be peaceful. Uh, so this convenient truth will not be aired tomorrow night. Uh, they will do their usual lying and they're they're trying to destroy Trump. I predict it doesn't matter. The American people don't care and they know it's political. Harry, you are absolutely right. You know, Donald Trump has a better chance of winning in 2024 than he did in 2016. Because as Sir Isaac Newton said, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And I think you and I agree. Well, I got to run to the break, Andy. But here's why I totally agree with you. He ran unproven. He had to get past the whole apprentice celebrity running, you know, although he's an executive, you know, no experience in this and that. He has a track record now. He has a track record of amazing, robust economy, employment, every indice that you would ever want to see uh, and measure was on the way up. And we also have the comparison now of immediately how it changed after he was gone. So his chances are so much better because he has a proven track record now. He brought qualified people. This outfit has brought very unqualified people, scary unqualified people. Uh, the president is really not engaged. He's not with it at all. Shuts down the White House every Friday by lunchtime, and it reopens late on the following Monday in Delaware all the time. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Trump is so much stronger in 24 than he was in 2020. Got to run. Good, good talk. I enjoyed it. When we come back, you will join the program next. And I think we have room to get you in and time to get you in as well. We're at uh, 48, almost 49 minutes past the hour. Sean Hannity. Biden is livid that he's being portrayed so badly in the media. So he's going to do a tough, hard-hitting interview. Biden's press office is plagued by negative coverage and messaging gaffes. As the media signals, the honeymoon is over. Even the media recognizes this guy is weak and frail and everything I've been saying. They're not going to go on the air and say, man, Hannity saw this before anybody else. All they had to do was open their eyes and look. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And right back to your calls at 609-407-1450. Jim Malamut on deck, the Green Tree Mortgage Radio Program. That's Forward Mortgages. And then we will have John Walters and all about reverse mortgages in the 9 o'clock hour. So forward and reverse at 8 and 9 on the Hurley in the Morning Program. Welcome. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. How you doing? Very well. Thank you. Okay, uh, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Many, many moons ago, when uh, Mike Matthews got caught, I remember him with the uh, jumpsuit. He had a chain around his waist. His his, uh, uh, um, wrists were manacled, plus his feet were manacled like he was uh, Freddy Krueger or something. Uh 
and he never took a, he never took a life. His crime was paper, a paper crime. Uh, in other words, no lives were lost. Now, here's something unusual. When Mr. Uzuri got caught, guess what? Not even a pair of handcuffs. Well, he, he was completely framed and an innocent man and didn't deserve even what he had to go through. I want to say I understand your example, how one gets treated versus the other. Uh, and I like Mike Matthews. I like Mike Matthews a lot, but he did make a mistake there. I'm not justifying if they went overboard with some of the um, the optics. And, you know, they remember when they did the whole thing with Usri, we'll go back to him now. Uh, they they threw Orsadi in there too, a totally innocent man. That was ridiculous. But they threw him in, I'm telling you, because he was white. This was disgraceful what they did. Usri was innocent. Orsadi was innocent. Some of the other ones were not innocent. But Usri got a raw deal on that one. He really did. I got to run because there's something I want to end the hour with, Peter. I'm not trying to rain on your analogy, but it, it's, it's, it's not a great one. But I know what you're saying, and, and there's truth to what you're saying. It's just when somebody is innocent, and Usri was not not guilty, he was completely innocent uh, of what he was charged with. It was really a shame what they did there. Don't have time to explain it, but I have covered that at length in the past. Let me share an issue with you that I want to close the hour out with. It's remarkable, and it's a bizarre political stunt. The state of New Jersey and Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small are hiding the itemized detailed budget from Atlantic City Council. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet had attempted for months to get the information behind the scenes without making the matter a public spectacle. With nothing to lose, Tibbet and fellow council members Latoya Dunstan, Jesse Kurtz, and Bruce Weeks Jr. requested an open public session for a copy of the itemized budget. In Atlantic City, it's a strong council and weak mayor form of government. The mayor proposes, city council disposes. By New Jersey state law, once the mayor submits his proposed budget to city council, it becomes city council's budget. But not this year. Despite repeated requests, city council is being denied its own property. It would be like being put out of your own home that is paid free and clear. And squatters are in there and you're banging on the outside of the door. They won't let you in. It has council members wondering if there are items in the budget that the state and the mayor don't want city council to see. I don't see there's there's no there's no question that that's true. It has to be that. How can city council be expected to vote for a budget that they have no idea what's actually in it? They know the overall size of the budget, more than two hundred and eighteen million dollars. But let's say, for example, Party Marty Small proposes another $40,000 salary increase for, I don't know, himself. And city council can't see that because the salaries and wages budget line item is a combined figure and you can't see individual raises unless they give you the itemized detail. We interviewed Councilman Bruce Weeks Jr. Uh, he, He told me that he's talked with Council President Tibbet almost daily, that he's been fiercely advocating for council to receive the itemized budget. If the state and administration have nothing to hide, then they should have no issue handing over the requested financial information. I will not, quote, be voting on a 200 plus million dollar budget without knowing the underlying data within. And as crazy as it sounds, we are prepared to put in an Oprah request as a last resort. And that is breaking news. And we broke it today 
on the WPG app and at WPGtalkradio.com. City Council is actually going to have to put in an Open Public Records Act request demanding that they receive the detailed itemized budget information that they're requesting. That is disgraceful. I need like four more minutes that I don't have um, to share more with you, but suffice it to stay. And Marty Small is saying, I I don't have a copy of it either. Oh, really? You did the budget. So to believe that, you have to believe the people who prepared the budget don't have a copy of what they prepared. That's how bad these people are. It's sick and it's getting sicker. Jim Malamut joins us next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. We are back. It's six minutes past the hour. Jim Malamut is here. This is Jim's monthly radio program. Jim Malamut and the Malamut team at Green Tree Mortgage, uh, the official, the exclusive mortgage professionals for the Hurley in the Morning program uh, for almost 30 years mortgage loans, refinancing. And I know that's a little bit, you know, iffy right now. We'll talk rates with Jim as the hour goes on and some of the other things that are happening relative to the real estate market um, at the current time. But they do it all, overall mortgage planning, 3153 Fire Road, Suite 1B, Egg Harbor Township, 609-646-5555, the number to reach Jim. If I've inspired you to call, please tell him that. And Jim reminded me right before we came back on air about two minutes ago, we checked Zillow. Now, Jim, we we come bearing a split decision. We need yeah. Michael Buffer. <laughs> exactly. To the cards we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a split decision. Zillow said what? Now now let, let's just put we, we, we do owe our audience context. So just like people need facts and assumptions and they need data in order to make a decision. Jim Malamut lives in a very, very big mansion. <laughs> okay, I, I live in a very modest, modest accommodation. So having said, you don't mind I said that, do no, you? No, it's okay. all good, Harry, yeah. Because you are in a mansion. Um, you're down and I'm up. I am down 2.8% month, o- month over month. Um, and that's probably the first decrease since COVID. And, um, you know, if you've been listening to our show for the last few months... I've kind of been warning that things are slowing down in the mortgage world and the real estate world. It probably started sometime in April after kind of the market, you know, got ahead of or got hold of where rates were and things have been slowing down for the last 60 days. And, you know, my value of my every town's going to have different price points, Harry. I would say I'm at a little higher price point and, um, you know, I'm down. I like the way you said that. I'm down 2.8 percent. Um, I said mansion on the yacht, yeah, but you said, you know, you're, price you're up uh, 2%, right? No, no. 2.6% yes. month over month. Yes. So, you know, you're, you're still up. That's, I'm down. That's one of my biggest 30-day increases. Right. So I, I, I think next month, if we look, I think you're going to be down. You know, that's my personal prediction, Harry. And, and I might be wrong because your price points is a little different, but it just seems like overall. Because you're in a mansion. 
where yeah, I'm, I'm in, like, I live in a nice house, but there's um, the market overall is just slowing down. And like I said, we've been kind of warning about the last two shows. Um, this is probably the third show we've discussed it, and it's just you know there's there's still not a lot of houses, but the inventory is increasing a little bit. You know, if you look in every town, you're probably up about five percent compared to March. Okay, which is normal. This is the time of year people usually try to sell. But I think the market is just really starting to normalize. And, um, you know, we talked about in January. What's it going to take for the market to normalize? And I said then rates need to go to about 6%. And we're about 5.1, 5 5.2. With several more Fed increases coming. Right. Right. So, um, you know, we'll see where things go from here. I, I don't, I'm not like so bearish on real estate or anything. I do, I'm still pretty bullish overall. It's just. Do you, do you think it's, I mean, I'm not asking you to, to be held accountable for this. We're just talking. Sure. You know, uh, do you think that we will be at 6% for a 30 year fixed mortgage in the next six months or so? I don't know. I don't think we'll get the 6%. Five and a half? I think five and a half is possible. You know, like I said, we're 5.1, 5.2 today. It really just depends where inflation goes from here. You know, we've seen record inflation the last few months. And um, I do think you're going to start seeing a little bit of a slowdown in the economy that we might not see so much inflation. But at the same time, I've been reading about stagflation. It's um, it's scary. You know, there's a lot that could happen going forward. You know, this summer, if you've been here at the shore, it, it doesn't feel like things are slowing down. Um, in terms of people spending money yeah. out and about. Here's what um, I think, Jim. I think our summer is going to take care of itself. I, agree. I think people want to recreate. They know the things aren't good. They know the supply chain's broken. They know we have runaway inflation. You know, they know all these things. I think the summer is going to be is going to be great. I see a problem after the summer. I agree. I, I think, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think people that have the money are going to spend it now. And even if they don't have the money, they're going to borrow it now. Because this is yeah. the time when you enjoy with your kids and yep. when you're off from school. People are coming um, off of a bad run. Exactly. I mean, you, they it just, wasn't Exactly. So this is the time where you spend and, and people have the money still left over. Um, so I, I do agree with you. I think the fall and winter it might be a, a brutal fall and winter, but I'm not so bearish. I'm, I am still hopeful. I am a optimistic guy. And, Do you think um, we stop short of a great recession and that we have more of a correction, a downturn, and right, from that downturn, landing. soft landing is a good term, and I think I think it's achievable too, uh, and from there, we should then have robust growth again. That's hope, the cycle. That's what I'm hoping for, and I'm, I'm not – so negative. Um, I, I do think that's very possible, and um, you know, the, the biggest thing is just we, we're, we're going to have to see where housing goes from here. Um, I, I do think there's still enough demand that you know prices aren't going to like drop you know so much or anything. You know, you might see a small drop right now because people were listing their houses way over you know their value, and I think we're starting to kind of get to where the market is correcting itself a little bit where, you know, if you're, if you're listing too high, you're not going to get it. If you list it right, you're still going to get 50 offers on your house because there's still demand. It's just not the same demand that there was a year ago. Are people having trouble getting a mortgage for the home that they want? They qualify for something that's less than what they can get. I think, you know, there's, there's different brackets, Harry. You know, I have people, there's, there's tons of people who I deal with who make, you know, um, tipped wages and don't show their income, who want to qualify for more than they can show. Um, you know, I have tons of that in Atlantic City, unfortunately. And then there's also 
people who were buying, they're, you know, they're buying and they see the, the rates now and they're like, man, that, that, that's $200, $300 more than I was expecting it to be because rates went up 2% in, in a couple months. And, you know, th- there's a combination of that that, that I think that has put some pause on people. You know, before a couple months ago, it was like, okay, I need to buy a house because market's going up and the rates are low. And now it's like, okay, well, maybe I need to pause and see where things go from here. Um, and, and that's the question. You know, where, where do things go from here? I, I personally think rates are going to stay around where they're at right now in the, in the fives, low fives. I don't think we're going to see 6% until the end of the year or, 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 or later. And for things to get to 6% means inflation is really going to have to get nasty. And um, I, I am of the belief that perhaps we hit the high mark and we're going to be coming down from here. Right. I, I, I'm, I, mean, I think so. I, again, I, the next couple months of summer here, it, we might still see more inflation because people are spending right now and, and are kind of not, not recklessly, but people are out spending their money like we were just talking about. So I don't know, it, it, you know, in the fall, winter, we might see five and a half, six percent. And then from there, have that soft landing. Um, we'll see. Let's get our break in. And when we come back, we have a guest listener question. It's a good question. Uh, it's about property values down beach. I vividly remember, and it was quite remarkable, and it's I think it's to their credit, it's just an amazing town. Longport did not suffer a great recession. Nope. Uh, Margate, Ventnor, Brigantine, Atlantic City did, and, and all the rest of, of uh, the, what they call the metro, New Jersey metro market did. Longport didn't. The listener's question isn't specifically that. I just threw that in for fun and giggles. The listener's question is, what do you, Jim Malamut, and we'll do this when we come back, think about how will property values hold in Ventnor, Margate, Longport, and Brigantine. We'll talk about that when we come back. With Jim Alamut and the Green Tree Mortgage Radio Program. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. Jim Malamut from Green Tree Mortgage continues. We have John Walters and all about reverse mortgages coming up. So we have forward mortgages in hour one of the second half of today's program and then reverse mortgages in hour number two. Green Tree Mortgage, Jim Malamut, the official, the exclusive mortgage expert for the Hurley in the Morning program for three decades. 609-646-5555 to make an appointment. So the the, uh, guest listener's point was, what do you see in terms of property values retaining their current values? I guess you could even say we're even going up uh, over the next period of time down beach all right so my i personally feel down beach obviously has an advantage with the the beach itself and you have this influx of second homeowners and primary residences now you know before you know i'd say 10 years ago after sandy it became very much a second home area in margate you know people would complain that the break-ins in the houses because nobody was there and you know covid changed things a little bit you have a lot more primary residence um demand and that has didn't we have during COVID? We had a lot of people from Philadelphia and New York actually right. move here and stay here. So yeah. I, I think there's always going to be more demand there because you know that's the ultimate dream. You know, people talk about the dream of home ownership, but like living by the beach is the ultimate retirement dream. And you know, there's just tons of retirement people who want to spend their money, and this is where they want to go. Um, you know, Margate, Vendor, Longport—it's it's an amazing area. So in general, and- you see the down beach 
holding its value definitely nicely. holding its value nicely and especially compared to the mainland um but you know end of the but day but you don't see any bottom falling out on the no, mainland either do no, you no i don't i don't i personally think things are are stabilizing now it's just we're not going to see this 25 50% year over year growth that we saw the last two years we're we're going to be back to normal 5% 2 you know 3% um so and- you saw you saw the ponderosa was up 2.6% in the same 30 day period that you went down by 2.8 right Okay, would you would you be surprised if exactly one month from today when we reconvene, if I'm up again? I wouldn't be surprised because, again, it's all about every town has a different price point. You know, I, I think Egg Harbor Township, if you looked up a house that was 800000 last month, is going to be down. But if you looked up a house that was 300000 it's going to be up, you know, because there's so much more demand for housing in that lower end. Okay, we ha- especially in this area, you know, we're we're not in a rich area, Harry. You know, Margate, Ventnor, Longport—that's that's like a different world. You know, in, on the mainland, we're dealing with you know mostly people who are you know not as as wealthy as you would say as people living on the island, and you know as a result of that, it's the, the prices. There's certain price points that have much more demand, and if you're looking in Egg Harbor Township for a house for two hundred twenty-five thousand, you are going to have 50 people line up at the door. But if you find a house for Egg Harbor Township for 600000 you're going to have three. And that's the difference. Here's a contractor that's writing into the program. That's why I'm so busy and I stay busy because the majority of my work is on the down beach. Yeah. And they have the money. You know, they, the people that have the money are going to spend the money. And um, you know, if I, if I was a contractor, if I was a realtor, that's where I would focus. You know, I've never hid that from any realtor. I'd always tell them, I don't know why you do work on the mainland. I would, I would be on Ocean City or, or Margate because you can do one transaction for three over here. But at the same time, there's so many more fish now, in that sea. It's interesting to hear you say that because, correct me if I'm wrong, it may have changed. This statement might be completely inaccurate. The wheelhouse of the great Bill Malamut for decades was in fact the mainland and, and that's me you know I, I, you i'm too. mortgages i'm yeah. different yeah. okay because we have different margins on how we get paid um people that are doing jumbo loans over on the island they make their they they have a financial advisor they can just borrow against their assets you know it's it's a little bit different you know um for them to get the mortgage so i've always my dad has always focused on the, the mainland the government loans um that's always been our bread and butter and still is today but, you know, I, I live in the area. I, I try to talk about everything. And, um, you know, I, I go, kind of go circle back to the beginning question. I, I do think that the only thing that can hurt Margate, Longport, Ventnor, the islands, is a ca- catastrophic storm. Okay. And, and I, I've, you know, I looked to buy in Margate 10 years ago and chose to live in Linwood instead because that was right after Sandy. You know, at the time, I was a little concerned that values might not go up. And my dad told me, you should buy in Margate now. And I, I should have listened to him. But at the time, there were other factors, too, why I didn't, because my wife was commuting to work and stuff like that. But Also potential damage. Yeah, I, I was concerned. You know, there was the when you see a major hurricane like that, and, and the next year there was another hurricane, too, I think 2013. It wasn't as bad, but, like, it was starting to think, man, are we going to get hurricanes like this every year? And thankfully, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't happened. But and in 2012, Superstorm Hurricane Sandy actually largely spared us. And right. It was still because it changed at the last moment. It changed direction, but it was still devastating. Now imagine if we were manaloking, you know, well, like so. It's like we I, were I, we were supposed to be right. So that to remember me, the Ferris wheel uh, in the ocean. Exactly. So to me, that's the that's the you know 
issue with over there. I'm not hoping for that. I, I never would obviously hope for that. Um, but that's the concern over there, you know, in, in terms of values that you have this major storm that could really damage, you know, demand over there. So what do you think? We have enough time. We have about three minutes before four minutes before the bottom of the hour break. See what you think of this. We've never talked about this on your show. What do you think about everybody building uh, if it's 39 feet is the height uh, that just rings a bell. <laughs> I think that's the height in Ventnor, and and I know someone who did it to the to the right to the end with a with a slide ruler to the very end. What do you think about these monstrosities that are built high? Of course, if you're on on the um, uh, along the coast now, you're building up like what 10 feet to start. Kind of it seems. I think uh, it's great. You, you like it? <laughs> I think it's great because. You know, people want to live near the beach. Oh, I don't mind they live by the beach. I just think some of these... um, They look silly a little bit. I don't think they look good. Right. They look a little silly, but it's, you know what, like... I'd rather have houses raised 10 feet and, and people still coming to Margate and, and everything and spending their money than, than going somewhere else. You know, so I, I, I'm okay with it. I um, have no problems with it. It just, it is a little funky looking. I, re- I remember a couple of years ago when I, when they start, first started doing them that high, I was, and I used to take pictures of it and be like, look at this freaking thing. It, it, it looks crazy. But, you know, now it's normal. And, um, I give them kudos. You know, at least they're, they're doing their best to avoid issues going forward. You know, they're getting like you were talking about the last hour. They're getting proactive against these flood issues, yeah. and and it needs the cheaper flood insurance too. Um, you know, it helps keep uh, costs down for everybody. So I, I don't have a problem with that. Right? I, In I'm some okay respects, I kind of like. The carports that are underneath. Yeah, exactly. And it like brings that. value. You know, there's no parking in Margaret yeah. Longport, so it brings value to the house. It gives you more parking. So I'm okay with it. Good. Yeah. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. For all of your mortgage needs, turn to Jim Alamut. Tell him I sent you to Jim Alamut, the Malamut team at Green Tree Mortgage, 609 646 5555. That's 609 646 5555. Much more content. In the second half, coming up in just a few minutes. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG app, the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app, and at WPGTalkRadio.com. A Philadelphia, Delaware Valley broadcasting legend and trailblazer, no exaggeration, has passed away. The state of New Jersey and Atlantic City Mayor denying city council requested data on the budget. Kind of shocking. And the Atlantic City Council has adopted a hybrid model for council meetings that give you the opportunity to participate remotely. From the Townsville, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Still a bit damp this morning, then dry and warm and humid during the day before we get soaked tonight. Look for periods of sun and clouds throughout your Wednesday with a high temperature of 82 degrees this afternoon. Rain will return around midnight tonight with downpours and gusty thunderstorms possible, low 71. Rain wraps up mid-morning tomorrow, then clearing skies. Tomorrow's high, 81. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. PG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. We are back. It's Jim Malamut from Green Tree Mortgage to make an appointment with Jim and his team, the Malamut Group. 609-646-5555, 609-646-5555. We're going to stay hyper-local. Take it away. Yeah, Harris. So I think a good topic is... is 
you know, prices, obviously people want to know where prices are in the area. And the biggest issue is still is, you know, the price points in terms of the lower end, you know, condos, um, anything under 225 gets so much demand, especially if it's a house and there's just not anything out there. And that's what I deal with for the most part. You know, if I get 50 calls in a week, I would say 30 calls are people looking for numbers in that area. Wow. Okay. Dominating um, the scene. And, and I think that's just where we live. You know, and that's then, why and then it's just local. Th- there's nothing for them. There's nothing for them. And that's what's keep pushing those prices up. You know, the condo prices are, are still on the rise. If you list a house for $225, you are going to get 50 people to come look at it this weekend. It's, you know, that's just what people qualify for in this area. And those prices are going to continue to go up. Um, and, and I do think, you know, even because my they're, house, they're super in demand, right? And I think even my house on, let's say the higher Dimension. end, I think that will, um, stabilize. I don't think it's going to go down, you know, went down 2% last month. You know, that swings a little 2. bit. 2.8, but right. I think you're that, an optimist. Though. <laughs> Just <decent. laughs> Um, I, I do think, you know, that's going to stabilize too, but I, 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 cause I think there's still enough demand. It's just like we said, if you're finding a house in Linwood for 800,000, there's only three f- buyers. When if you're finding a house for 300,000, there's 15 buyers. And um, are you know, there buyers for the middle if you're in the, say, 400 to yeah, 500 of range? Of course. And, and each town's going to be a little different. Um, but I, I, you know, I, but I, 30 so, out of your 50 aren't a buyer at four or 500. Exactly. If I'm talking to 50 people, 30 of them are looking for houses for 250 or less. And um, that's just where most people in this area, what their incomes are. So, I, I know someone that, and this is not unique. I think you're going to say the same thing uh, more than I would say it because you're in the business. Uh, there are people that have been looking to buy a home easily for more than a year. Yeah. And they can't, that when they do make a bid that they don't win because only one person can win. Uh, and it's tough right now. It is. And, and, you know, the market is starting to normalize. You know, that's really what's starting to take place. It's just a but, slow but process. You say the market is normalizing, but is inventory normalizing? Slowly. You know, that, that's what I'm saying. It, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, people are so used to what happened in 08, 09, where all of a sudden it really happened overnight, you know, where things just started to drop. Like, yeah, it was you know, terrible. Right. So people... Are, are expecting that again or thinking that's going to happen again. And that's not happening this time um, because there's no inventory. Right. And that's not going to change overnight. It's going to be slow. It's going to be a slow process where, you know, right now, if, if you look in any town, I guarantee it's a little bit higher, the numbers, than they were two months ago um, and probably a year ago. I, I've asked you this question and I asked Joe Daly, of course, because she – is our real estate expert. You're our mortgage expert, but of course you know a lot about real estate because the mortgage you do is to buy real estate. So I asked you both this question every single month. What will ultimately free up supply? How, How do we get to the point where there's more available homes for people to purchase? And, and and same answer I, I, yeah, I, I gave you I, kind I, of probably six months ago. You know, rates going up to 6%, it, it starts slowing the demand down. And then, then once, you know, we're, we're, we're normalizing the market right now. It, it, but uh, demand is one thing. I'm talking supply. Right. Well, I think, you know, once we slow the demand down, that is, increases the supply a little bit because now these houses aren't getting gobbled up right away. And people are, you know, the market is correcting the pricing as well. Um, and p- again, the, the rates going up, people can't afford as much. So it's just that has an art, you know, it, it just makes your value can't go up as much as it did before. So 
um, I, I do think the demand has an effect on, on this. And um, but how, how do we fix the supply? You know, we, have, like we, were, we were talking off air. Home building is down 16%. You know, we're, we're trying to increase it, but there's all these supply issues on, on the home building side. So I know, I, I mean, Harry, this is a true story. I have a person who bought a house, I want to say in, in Middlesex County. He signed a contract last May and it's still not done. Okay, and, and, and we're over a year now. Um, I, I showed you during the break, Jim, and I'll let our listeners in on it now. You just jogged my memory on this. A very good friend of mine is tearing this house down right now as we speak in Ventnor. This is a tiny little yeah, it's a, that's a, like a rancher. Right. But it's built up. You can see it has the carport. Yep. It has two carports, it looks like. Yep. I kinda like that. Looks look. like it was raised in the So last it's yeah, 10 it's years. a one it's a one story home, but it's raised, you know, ten feet ish for the two carports. Well, this is being torn down now, and a three-story home in that little footprint is going to happen. This is happening everywhere. And that, and that was now, in Ventnor, you said. This is Ventnor. Now, you talked about something that I found very interesting because I know I've spilled the beans on this with our listeners that I don't take the expressway very much very much anymore. I like to take – it's not a protest. I think the tolls are getting crazy, but it's not a protest on that as much. If I'm going – specifically to resorts or something i'll go into the center of town and you know and do it that way traditionally but i like to go down 559 over the longport bridge i find that beautiful to then see longport as you're coming in uh, nice and high and the first homes that you see right on the water and i i love seaview harbor on the way it's sort of like longport but it's ehd as you know ehd east yeah yeah that's a (laughs) sore subject with Uh, with some people because they tried they tried to become longport and they got 822 and 823 numbers but they're ehd don't don't get me started uh we covered all that at the time so eht one on that would have been devastating to eht to lose that but so I love seeing all that. And here's what I noticed. And you commented, and it jogged my memory, too. It started in Longport. You had all these teardowns and then big homes on little properties. It's been like a contagion, but I don't mean that like a virus. It's now moving all down beach like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Margate has – Longport saw it probably six years ago, five years ago. And, and Margate followed, and now – it, it, hopefully we'll see an event there. You know, it, well, it is happening in Ventnor. Right. So I, but in fact, one's happening more. right now. Exactly. So hopefully we'll in see real more, time. And more of that. Um, you know, the, the prices over on the island are, are strong. And um, the demand is still very strong, even with rates where it's at. But I would say if, if you talk to a real estate agent over there, they'll tell you it's a little bit slower than it was last year. You know, it's well, just you know a little that bit. from even the rental side. You Everything. Know, it's just a little yeah. bit slower. You know, people are still spending their money, especially on the higher end like that. But it's still a little bit slower like overall. A more cautious optimism. Yep. Not pessimistic, but cautious optimism. There, there's just less buyers than there were a year ago. You know, when rates go up like this, people are in a holding pattern. They want to see where things go. They want to see if rates are going to go down or value is going to go down. They, they don't want. No one wants to buy at the top. Staying hyper local. When we come back after our final break, which we're going to go to right now. I'm going to ask Jim on the other side of the break, but I'll tease it now. I remember back in 2008 when the bottom fell out. And I, I'm i not an expert in this area, but I, I rub elbows with a lot of people like you and your dad and, you know, Linda Novelli for like 20 years and Joe and everybody. So I learned a lot about real estate. That was an amazing time to buy. President Trump bought like crazy 
during the Great Recession. So many people had an opportunity to buy Down Beach. I want to ask you, what do you say to people um, that when opportunity presents itself, the importance of walking inside the door? Because I think a lot of people just sat back and didn't do it. I mean, there was great values in Florida. I mean, really great deals in that era. And now you can't touch it. So we'll talk about that, keeping it hyper-local. With Jim Malamut, it's the Green Tree Mortgage Jim Malamut radio program, 609-646-5555. With Jim, I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Welcome back. 51 minutes past the hour with Jim Malamut from Green Tree Mortgage, John Walters, and all about reverse mortgages coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, and I know that uh, John has great content. He also has a great guest that will be joining us at about halftime of his program. We are visiting, of course, with uh, Jim Malamut, and this is always on this particular Wednesday in the 8 o'clock hour. So you know if you're here today, uh, you know that this is when we meet on the second Wednesday uh, of every month. Green Tree Mortgage, 609-646-5555, and specifically the Malamut team, our official and exclusive mortgage professionals for the early in the morning program jim harry um do we leave off with a i i think we had a cliffhanger but jim and i just had such a cool conversation during the break <laughs> that i'm gonna I, have to recreate yeah, it in my mind it. so i feel happy that we both have forgotten it yeah, because I'm, you're very young i know and i can get accused of you know like <laughs> being forgetful um Wait a minute. We were talking about home building and Ventnor and, and the teardown, and then you were talking about how you make you know the drive over yeah. there. Yeah, well, I do, but... I do, I do find it very interesting. And the fir- I told you the first time I ever saw this, it blew my mind. I said they tore down a perfectly good home. They tore it to the ground, and they're building a whole other home. That I had to to like process. That people oh, I, I, I did that. I remember we were talking about, about if you had like you know stepping into um, something in the opportunity. Yes, that's what we were oh yeah about. yeah yeah yeah. We <laughs> talked about how in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and in the subsequent years, because it took a number of years for the market to build back. And you remember in that era, people were just throwing keys and running, and they didn't right. care. And I don't care. I'm upside down, hundreds of thousands. I'm just leaving because if you bought it just the wrong time, it was a very bad moment. Now most people, if they stayed kind of like the stock market spend time in the market it came back but for some people that maybe they lost their jobs at the same time because for folks that don't want to remember this pain we had the highest home foreclosure rate in america we had the highest unemployment rate in america and yeah i was commenting about at the same time of that misery was one of the greatest buying opportunities of our lifetime right and 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 trump saw it but most people sat on their hands. And, and what I was going to say was, you know, the issue here, you know, we had the great, rece- or the great Recession, but then we had the double bubble, too, as I call it, because then we had the casino bubble. Yeah. You know, we had two bubbles in a row. We had the housing bubble, and then we had a casino bubble. Yeah, we really had a depression. We did here. Yeah. And, and we were behind everywhere else. Yes. So, you know, everywhere else started turning. And, like, and we weren't. Exactly. Yeah, we so were behind. It, it took a couple more years here, and I think that's what you know led to more opportunity. And um, you know, twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen was probably you know the best time to buy as a result. So if you um, had the money, 
and you didn't do it because either you got squeamish, you didn't know, is this a new normal? It, you know, I, it, I think people had a hard time separating the difference between how negative the dire, dour mood with that it was a great buying opportunity. Plus, we had Sandy too. Correct. You know, I, so it's like we had we had recession, we had the casinos, and then we had Sandy. So it's like those are three pretty nasty things to yeah. happen in, in a five year yeah. term. Um, so 2013, it was probably the best time to buy in this area. Um, you know, like I was saying, my personal story, I bought in Linwood instead of Margate in 2014. And if I could have done it over again, I would have bought in Margate when I didn't have any kids and then sold the house later and moved to Linwood then, you know, and then I could have bought a house in Linwood, maybe all cash. Um, but I decided to buy in Linwood and I didn't step in that opportunity. You know, everybody isn't perfect, even myself. If you um, bought in Margate exactly when you're saying the upside to that transaction would have been amazing. Right. Like, I, you know, and I still went up in Linwood um, over seven years. Yeah. But I probably went up 25% versus in market, I may have went up 75 or 100%. And, and that's the difference. You know, it's, it's, it's a huge amount of money. Um, and I, I regret it. But at the same time, you, you can't live with that regret. I, I love my house in Linwood. I, I enjoy where I live. I, it's a great community. Um, and I'm very happy with my life. So, you know, you have to do what's best for your family, do what's best for you. And is sometimes, Jim, is it hard to see the forest through the trees? You just you there's all these moving parts that are going and people were very concerned about keeping their jobs and many people lost their jobs. And, you know, and, and remember when the casinos uh, closed and tens of thousands of people were affected, a lot of companies that provide to the casino industry, it's a ripple effect. They, sure. it, a lot of people get affected by this. I think it was hard for people to see that this was actually a time of great opportunity because there, there, there were just so many negative things going on. And that's usually how it works. You know, look back at COVID in April 2020. Oh, that was an amazing time to buy May of 2020. I, I know somebody who bought in Margate for about 400000 and sold it last year for 800000 Literally doubled what they bought their house for in less than two years. I mean, that's, that's so, for most people, that's life-changing. Right. So, um, you know, there were opportunities then. There, there's always going to be opportunities. You know, right now, if you ask investors, those opportunities are slim because rates are high, values are high. It's just a matter of trying to... Right now, to buy, you're buying at the highest rate in how many years? Probably 10. Okay, so the highest rate in a decade, and you you feel like you might be buying at the high watermark. Right, so that's so why... that's tough stuff. There's just less investors right now, which is leading to less overall demand you know and it's not like again i'm still busy i, I don't want people to listen to this radio show and think like oh housing's dead right now no you know, this, this has not I'm, been a dour we, hour we, yeah, I, I still you know we still closed 35 loans out of our office last month which if you compare it to 2019 is probably the same you know we're probably doing the same as we were in 2019 Think things are just more normal again in housing it's that's not, more than one a day it's not right it's, it's, things just aren't crazy robust like they were the last two years things are just a little bit more normal and i think the markets are just starting to normalize and and, and we'll, you know we'll look back six months from now and, and say you know this this is this was the start of it jim i've been telling you my phone's been blowing up the whole hour <laughs> our, our listeners really do enjoy you and enjoy your presentation what a compliment i'm about to pay to you from a gentle lady listener that wrote what a genuinely nice articulate young man 
Bill would be so proud. Oh, I appreciate How that. How cool is that? You know, I've, I've and always, your dad just celebrated a heavenly birthday. Uh, he would have been 65. You know, there's um, nothing I want more than to honor his legacy and continue that with my kids. By the way, another um, great man who paid in Social Security his entire life and didn't collect a penny. <laughs> that's true. That's just that's true. my dad, your yeah, dad. There, that's true. The, Sick. Um, but, you know, that's our system. We got to deal with them, unfortunately, yeah. at the retirement um, a little forced for you, but um, you know, I I do love what I do every day. I'm th- I'm so thankful to what my dad started, and it's truly an honor. You know, getting my brother to work with me and and, and continuing that legacy, and and now my sister is going to be there this summer again. Her, her oh, second her second summer interning, and when needed, um, the secret weapon has come in and helped too. Of course, the lawyer. Of course, my <laughs> wife's been there two and a half years now, off and on. So she's right now. My wife's working with my. She's my assistant right now because my normal assistant uh, just had a baby uh, a couple weeks ago. So congrats this, to her and her I family. Jim, I don't remember how many years ago this was, but it was such a delight. And we posed for pictures somewhere in my phone. I think I shared it with you in the past. We arrived. Uh, no, 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 no. We were leaving for home and getting off the plane that we would then be getting on to go back to ACY was the great Bill Malamut. Right, right. We posed I for pictures and it was great. Yep. Well, uh, like I said, I miss my dad. I'm very, uh, I love him. And, and Father's Day is coming up. I always think about him. Yeah. So, Well, you're doing great. And Thank he's, you. he's so proud of you. Appreciate it. 609, appreciate you. 609-646-5555. This was high energy and a lot of content. Loved your show today. Thank you, Harry. Always good to be here. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Jim Alamut, Green Tree Mortgage. Tell him I sent you. John Walters and all about reverse mortgages in just a few minutes. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. And I really do love this. We just played forward mortgage with the great Jim Alamut. And now we play reverse mortgage with the great John Walters. John Walters and all about reverse mortgages begins. Remember, whenever you have a question for John, there's no such thing as a dumb question or anything even in that in that sphere. Any question that you have for John is important to John. 609-231-4924 to review your many options. That's 609-231-4924. And it's not jargon when I tell you that this could change your life, eliminating your mortgage payment perhaps eliminating other debt that is is bogging you down, allowing you to do so many things that you just weren't able to do prior to this. So in many, many situations, John can really be a big assist. 609-231-4924. John, welcome to your program. Well, thank you very much, Eric. Uh, it's funny, based on what you're saying uh, about this particular program, uh, I, I was in discussion yesterday uh, with a family, and, and uh, during our discussion, we were talking about what is 
what is a reverse mortgage and how is it used? And we got into that this is not one product that fits one situation. This is a program that can address many different situations. And um, especially that this particular program is an age-based program. Uh, the majority of people are 62 years of age, but in New Jersey, we also have another program that begins at the age of 60. But being that you are of retirement age, equity is something that you should really, really consider uh, as far as using it to leverage your uh, retirement. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about this morning was one of the biggest questions that I receive or when I'm speaking to people is that they're not too sure what a reverse mortgage is. Matter of fact, they don't know what a reverse mortgage is. And they're not sure what questions to ask. And I thought what would be good for conversation and be very educational is if somebody is interested in a reverse mortgage, what specific questions should they ask that would be helpful to determine if this is something that would benefit them? So let me begin with, first of all, one of the first questions when I meet, meet with a family is what are their plans as far as where they are living? Uh, do they want to stay there? Do they want to move? Do they want to possibly downsize? Do they have a plan a couple years from now? And this is a very, very important question because if you're going to do the reverse mortgage program uh, and you're thinking about originated is for someone who's going to remain in their house for the long term. That's the way that it's designed. So if you plan on moving in a year or two years, a reverse mortgage may not be your best option. Uh, but that is something that we go in a little bit deeper as far as the discussion. But so if you know that you're going to be living where you are and that's where you plan on living, at least in the foreseeable future, and then a reverse mortgage would be considered an option for you. Uh, another question that I always ask what's really important in reference to the home uh, would they consider to downsize? Um, and what we mean by that is as we age, what we realize is that in many cases, our homes have to be modified to fit certain situations. It could be hand railings. It could be things for the bathroom. Um, so the reverse mortgage program uh, definitely plays a big part of that industry as far as using the proceeds to help somebody remain in their home. So we're going from, are you going to remain in your home to you're going to be in your home? Um, so these are, these are two very important questions. Another thing that, that we really need to consider, and I know it's a tough subject, is the discussion uh, with, uh, if it's a husband and wife, is if something happens to one of the spouses, well, and what I mean is at some point in juncture, that's going to happen. But my, my question is more or less focused is that if they did get a reverse mortgage and their spouse passed away, would they be able to afford to keep the home? Mm. And, and one of the reasons I bring this up is that a little, little over 40% of the people in the United States live off Social Security. So if a husband and wife are on Social Security and one of those spouses passes away, of course, they'll get the higher of whatever the Social Security benefit happens to be. But uh, 
they may not be able to afford the home. So we want to make sure that uh, making the decision about doing this program makes sense. Is it sustainable, which is one of the most important words uh, that we use, uh, that they can remain in the home. So what's what's what I'm trying to do is take you through a litany of things that we use for discussion, and they're not the only things. Uh, heirs and legacy is another issue. Uh, I shouldn't say issue. It's, uh, it's another question that gets asked. If I get a reverse mortgage, will I have any equity at the end? Okay, now that's a very wide open question with a reverse mortgage because we have borrowers who originate a reverse mortgage who take no funds, they work on a growing line of credit and plan on keeping it for 10 or 15 years, they're going to have a tremendous amount of equity if they were to pass away at that juncture, uh, where, you know, they have, they're going to have their home, that they can leave as far as to their heirs or to their estate. Now, is it possible uh, to get a reverse mortgage to where there won't be any equity at the end? That is possible. And one of the ways that that's possible is a lot of times I'll originate a loan where somebody has a large outstanding first or first and second mortgage, and we pay that off. So now that loan, uh, being a reverse mortgage loan, is now going to start to accrue interest because you don't have to make any payments and you can remain in your home. And that um, that is vitally important. So what we want to do is take a look at all the things that you want to accomplish, what you want to achieve, and see if this makes any sense at all. Uh, so the key thing here is is doing our due diligence, doing a budget worksheet, finding out what the goals of the borrowers are. Do they want to remain in their home? And I would say by doing that and putting them through this process, and again, it's actually enjoyable. I find it enjoyable as far as working with with the borrowers and coming up with different scenarios to see what the impact would be. But if you are of retirement age, it's vitally important that you have an understanding about this program. Uh, it's very misunderstood because, you know, we think in the forward sense, yes. not in the reverse sense. John, it's a really excellent point. I love your show prep. Excellent content, important content, and for many, life-changing Give John a call, 609-231-4924 to review your many options. This is something that could literally change your life in so many ways. 609-231-4924. John has one more power segment that will take us to the bottom of the hour break and a great guest that he will visit with uh, early in the second half of his program. You're listening to John Walter's and all about reverse mortgages. I am Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. And two things about that. We thank you for it, and we know that it's all because of you. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. The best thing to me would be if DeSantis ran and Trump supported him. But I don't think that's going to happen. Don't you think Trump's going to run? I think so. Well, I don't, I don't, you know, I want to say yes because everything inside me says he probably will. But then there's another side of me that says, well, if you can be a potential kingmaker and rabble rouser from the outside, wouldn't that be more fun? Maybe. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 21 minutes past the hour with John Walters and all about reverse mortgages. We continue, and John has a great guest coming by in about 15 minutes. John, time is yours. Okay. Harry, what I wanted to do now is is talk about what is, what is it going to cost for retirement? And Harry, let me ask you this. How many of your friends, if you think about sit down and say, okay, how much do I need to make in order to be retired? And John, I think that's a really good point. And it's a perfect question for right now because you have a lot of people questioning right now because they're looking at the current inflation and they have questions about what they once thought it would take. Now wondering if they have enough to retire And I hate to say this, but you know it's true. In some cases, there's some folks coming out of retirement because of what's happened with the inflation and with the downturn. And knowing that you have enough to be able to live, and again, we don't have a time card that we know when we were born, we don't know the date of expiration. So that's very challenging, too, because then you have to go into these cohort survival things and and wonder life expectancy. It'd be one thing, John, if you said to someone, how much do you need to retire? And say they're 65 right now. But as you know, a lot of people are not retiring at 65 because they either can't or they don't want to. Very vibrant and very young still, and they don't want to. How do you know the answer to that when you don't know how long you're going to live? Was uh, a good part of a good part of a discussion that yeah. we've had. Yeah. Now, now, as as we realize right now, uh, the average life expectancy for a man and woman. I'm 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 grouping them together, but we know that women last longer than we do. Is <laughs> about seventy nine years. It's about seventy nine years of age. The average average length of retirement is eighteen years. Okay. Now, as long as I've been doing reverse mortgages, my youngest was 62. The oldest that I did a reverse mortgage for was for 102. And this was a family that got me together to do it. But there we're looking at a 40-year life expectancy, or I should say a 40, 40 years as far as their uh you know, as far as health. well, their example, yeah. If you look at age sixty-two and he and he or she lived to be a hundred and two, and that was when you did it. So I'm not even sure how much more past there, but uh, that that really matters, doesn't it? Because that's more than double, and then some. The average person, correct, and that's that's where where the reverse mortgage, being that it's an age-based loan and the way that it was designed is putting a plan in place, setting up a reverse mortgage with the line of credit and not touching it, that's almost like a building insurance. It's almost like an insurance plan in a way, almost like an annuity plan yep. in a way. Uh, and and, and the, important thing is, the important thing about that, if you own a home 
and you have equity that's in that home, uh, you can't say, I, you know, I, I can't do anything. I have no other options. You do have some options, but you got to take a look at them. And um, I realize that, that the program is such that the major part of my role is to educate and inform about what the facts of the program are. And we can run all the numbers and we can see all the statistics and how long it's going to last or what kind of funds you're going to need over a period of time. But uh, that is the, the great thing about the program, that it fits many different needs. Uh, Harry, as you say often, if you got a mortgage, get rid of your mortgage yep. so you don't have to pay a principal yep. interest payment. That's an option. And I think where uh, some people kind of get stuck on this is they, you know, they want to take a look and say, well, my loan's getting bigger. Well, we got to take a look at the purpose of this particular program is to offer an option that people can go in many different directions. And that is extremely important when you're 60, 70, 80 years old. You may not be able to be in the workplace. You may not be able to increase your income. But there is the ability to do that through reverse mortgage uh, after it's evaluated. So that's one of the things I wanted to say about retirement and using the reverse mortgage program. Um, one, one of the things I just wanted to point out, uh, I had a call. Uh, someone was asking me about the payment options. And a lot of times we repeat different information on the show because it's vitally important uh, because we we pick up bits and pieces. But when we talk about payment options with reverse mortgage, is that what we're saying is, is that you qualify for a certain amount of money. Again, I'm going to use a $200,000 home. You qualify for $100,000. No, you don't have to use $100,000. It can sit in a line of credit that has a growth feature on it. All right. Now, let's just say five years down the road, you now decide that you need to increase your monthly income. Well, there is a plan called the term plan. Set it up for 60 months, get $500 a month. That is what we call a plan. So we have a line of credit. We have a term payment. We have what we call a lifetime payment as long as you remain in the home. And these can be turned. We can actually turn these off and on. And what do I mean by that? It's your money. If you don't want to receive any, you don't have to. If, if the money that you have there, if you want to use it in any particular way, if you want your taxes to be paid quarterly, you can have it done that way. So um, the great thing about it uh, being of retirement age is that our needs are totally different than, as I always talk about, the accumulation phase and the distribution phase. So, so um, what you need to do is to give me a call. Or you can send me an email at jwalders at reversefunding.com, and I'll be glad to answer your questions or set an appointment. Uh, as I say, we can do a Zoom call, whatever's the easiest. And I have some people, uh, matter of fact, after the last show, Harry, I got a call, and uh, we began a conversation. And uh, we haven't had any meetings Uh winds up asking a few questions. I come back with some answers. I send some information and we go along this path until they reach a comfort level. And that's what's, you know, that's what's very important about this is be able to develop a comfort level that you realize that it's something that can be used to strengthen your retirement. Now, 
It's not a cure-all. We're not saying to use this program under all circumstances. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is take the time, evaluate it, get the facts, find out what you're trying to achieve. Let's see where and how close we can get to it. And I think that that can be a successful meeting. Fantastic. How much time we have, huh? Well, we have, if you want to start right at uh, 935 with um, your distinguished guest who's coming up in five minutes, we should go to the break right now. And then we we will be ready for Julie right on time. If there's something you want to share before the break, uh, take whatever time you you shall consume. But we'll we'll have to make up for it on the other side. Okay. Uh, no, as I said, I think the important thing is just give me a call. Send me an email. Um, if you have any questions, just let me know. And as my, another thing that's important, I only need four pieces of information, all right? Four pieces of information in order to run what I call a, a scenario. And the only thing I need to know is the home value, estimated home value, what the mortgage amount is, how old you are. Uh, those three things will give me enough information to go. And if you have a mortgage on the property. And we'll go to break. That's very important, John. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right back. And John will introduce Julie in just a few minutes when we come back. It's 30 minutes past the hour. You're listening to John Walters and all about reverse mortgages. To reach John, you can call him at 609-231-4924. That's 609-231-4924. Or email John J. Walters, and it's just as it sounds, J, as in John, W-A-L-T-E-R-S, at reversefunding.com. J. Walters, at reversefunding.com. Back in just a few minutes. Stay with us. With John, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. With John Walters, this is John Walters and all about the reverse mortgage to reach John. And it's such an I, – I just believe that if you are nearing age 62, if you are age 62, give John a call, review your many options, and that it could literally change yours and your family's lives. 609 609- 231-4924 to reach John, 609-231-4925. John, time is yours, and your guest is here. Thank you very much. Well, I'd like to introduce Julie Didjung, who's from Lancaster County. And Julie and I work for the same company called Reverse Mortgage Funding, and we're both loan officers, but uh, uh, we're in different states, even though we might be licensed in the same states. But I I consider this a privilege, Julie, because I have listened to you and I've attended over the years uh, some of your trainings on what's called the reverse mortgage or purchase. And so welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Happy to be here. So good. Uh, What I wanted to do was to tell a little bit about your background. You've been originating for about 15 years, correct? And most of it is for the purchase program. That's right. Since this was uh, available to use for purchasing homes in, I think, 2009, it's been the focus of my business. Right. 
And how, let me ask you, this is a question I always get asked. I don't know if you get asked by your friends, but they always say, why, why are you doing reverse mortgages? And that's a question uh, that I get asked. Do you get asked that question at all? I do get that question a lot because there's still a lot of people out there that have a lot of misconceptions about these. And uh, it's hard for those of us to take great pride in our work and know how fantastic these financial tools are for people, whether they're, you know, refinancing to tap into equity or, or buying a new house. They're just very safe financial tools that people can use to help have a better retirement year or retire retirement right. years. <laughs> <laughs> and and Harry, here's something about Julie that you need. Julie specializes, if I'm incorrect, let me know, Julie, in new construction. She deals with builders in Pennsylvania, correct? Could you give us a little, little rundown on that? Sure. I've worked with seven different builders all across the bottom half of Pennsylvania who are doing new construction homes. So, I start working with people when they sign a contract to, to buy a new home and we're settling sometimes a year, year and a half later when their home is, is fully complete. Um, but it, it, these loans let people get more of a house than they expected that they could get in a different lifestyle. A lot of times they're losing to be closer to family or just to right size or, you know, they want to leave their home with deferred maintenance and get all the new amenities in their retirement years or move to a low maintenance community because they're tired of outside work. And a lot of times in 55 plus communities, because they want to be in a community that has people in roughly the same age group with the same type of interest that they have. So they're moving for all different kinds of reasons. And when they discover that they can own a brand new house, sometimes for the first time in their life, it's pretty exciting to be able to help them with that. That is exciting. Julie, it's Harry. Question for you. John and I have discussed this over the years, and I find it just interesting that in the forward mortgage world, you don't ever hear anybody say, oh, my God, I I can't sleep at night. The bank owns my home. But when talking about a reverse mortgage, one of the objections that has to be overcome, oh, no, the the bank is going to own my home. When it's just the opposite, they slept like a baby at night when the bank actually does own the home, but there's this misnomer, the bank owns the home, and and it just um, seems to be an issue that's very tough to overcome because it's not true. And on the the forward mortgage, it is true, but it doesn't bother people on the forward mortgage, but it bothers them on the one where it's not true. I find that sort of a, a conundrum. But what are your thoughts about that point? You're absolutely right. The home ownership, whether somebody has a traditional mortgage that requires payments or a reverse mortgage, the ownership's exactly the same. The house is titled in Mr. and Mrs. Smith's name, and the bank just has a security interest in it, a lien, yes. so that they get paid off in yes. full when the house is sold eventually. Exact same thing. The only difference is with our loans, you're not required to make a monthly payment. You could if you chose to. Everybody likes to know they have options. But right, but Julie, if you had a mortgage, a forward mortgage, and you stopped making your payment, you'd find out in a real hurry what happens next. But as you mentioned, on the reverse mortgage, if you want to make a payment, you can. If you don't want to make a payment, you don't have to. And that that should make people more comfortable, not less comfortable. Well, exactly. And then the rising balance loan um, nature of this sometimes gives people pause, but... 
the most important thing to know about these loans is that they're non-recourse, which is just the fancy word for saying they have no personal liability to pay back the loan. So if they make a great choice and at age 58 or 64 buy their forever home that they custom built so that they can age in place and they made a good choice and they're living there for 30 plus years, it could certainly get to the point where they owe more on the loan than the house is worth when it's being disposed of permanently. But it doesn't matter. It's just a technical issue at being underwater. They're not responsible for any balance on that loan besides what the house is worth at that time, nor are there heirs, nor is there a state. So financial planners actually look at, you know, this reverse for purchase as an estate protection tool because nothing besides the house can be used to pay back the loan. Let me let me follow up on that. And, and John, it's rare for me to do two in a row. And then we'll turn it back to you, John, uh, for your discussion with Julie. That's a very good point you bring up about financial planners. And we have a great one here on our program. There was a time and you know this and John knows it all too well. You both have been doing this for a long time. We're actually whether whatever the particular brokerage house calls their their producers, financial consultants, financial advisors, they were adverse to the reverse mortgage. And I always believed and I had conversations even with a few that you need to look into this because you should get on board. This is part of like a like another pension. This is part of of the overall financial planning. And Julie, because you're John's guest, I'll give you the question first. Financial advisors have really come on board here, haven't they? Mm, Absolutely. I belong to a Central Pennsylvania financial planning group, and I have sponsored them for 10 years. And the way they perceive these at the beginning as compared to now, since I've had a chance to do some education, is completely different. And um, I, I think they get that if they don't consider home equity as one of the assets when they're putting together a financial plan, they're just doing a disservice to their client. And they could have a much better financial plan if that home equity is brought into the picture and used wisely with all the other assets that they have as well. Yeah, and that's not just convenient for this conversation. That's an intellectually honest comment, Julie. John, uh, comment, and then we'll get our final break, and then you'll both be uninterrupted until six minutes past the top of the next hour. John? Yeah, I, I, I find the same experience that Julie was just mentioning. You have certain financial planners that have an understanding of this program, and they look at they look at it as a buffer asset, uh, softening the blow, so to speak. And you know they talk about what they call sequence of return risk. But but to simplify it, what it is, it offers you, it gives you leverage and offers you an option uh, to access funds, and you can be in control of it. I'm going to go back to Julie for a minute. Julie, let me ask you. um, How about right after the break, John? Let's hit the break right on time. It's 45 minutes past the hour. We'll have a cliffhanger. The time will be yours in just a few minutes when we come back. It is John Walters and all about the reverse mortgage with his distinguished guest this half hour, Julie Didyoung. We continue right after this with John Walters and Julie. This is wpg talk radio 95.5 south jersey's talk station wpgg atlantic city wenjhd3 millville a town square media station you know people ask me all the time hannity what kind of gun should i get i always tell them about my friends at henry repeating arms 
And then I tell them, just go to HenryUSAOneWord.com, go to their website. They'll give you a free catalog, free decals, and a list of dealers where you live. Now, they have something for everyone, and they're great gifts to give or receive for Father's Day, graduations, you name it. And by the way, if you're a collector, you should check out their line of tribute rifles that honor folks that serve this great country. Every Henry I have is accurate right out of the box. It's backed by a lifetime guarantee. They're made in America or they're not made at all. It's a family-owned business. They give back to vets and our military. So if you're in the market for a high-quality American-made firearm, you're going to love this company. Just go to HenryUSA.com. Go there. You get the free catalog, free decals, and list of dealers where you live. That's HenryUSA.com. And, yes, they believe in the Second Amendment and they believe in gun safety. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are exactly at 10 minutes before the top of the hour with John Walters and all about reverse mortgages. And John has a great guest joining him this half hour, Julie Didyoung. John, time is yours. You were about to pose a question. Thank you. Yeah, for those people that are just joining, uh, Julie is my guest today. She's a uh, reverse mortgage specialist, and she specializes in new construction as far as purchasing a home. And, Julie, uh, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I thought that uh, being that this show is about education and informing people, when you meet uh, with borrowers or when you get these leads from the builders to sit down with the people, uh, the question they're going to ask you, what is the difference between a forward and reverse mortgage? How do you explain that component to them initially uh, when you get into the conversation? Sure. Um, the biggest difference, of course, is with a traditional mortgage, you're obligated to make mortgage payments each month of principal and interest. With our loans, you don't have that obligation. You're able to make payments if you choose to, and Occasionally, I will work with somebody who is not retiring for a few years, and they do plan to make payments for a few years, but they will finance with the reverse from the get-go, knowing that they can just stop making payments at any time. Um, when you think about it, a traditional mortgage, when somebody's, you know, I see 70-year-olds getting 20 and 30-year mortgages to buy a house, and, and that's just always hard for me to believe. Um, they're going to use up their equity, or I'm sorry, their assets for retirement so much sooner um, to build equity. And what they're doing is sometimes taking money out of, you know, qualified accounts that create a tax liability in order to make a mortgage payment that's 90% interest. And when you think about that concept, pulling money you pay taxes on to pay just interest, it just seems kind of crazy. Um, and having an obligation-free lifestyle allows them to just have a better lifestyle, to be able to afford vacations from time to time, treat the grandkids, that type of thing. So it's just a, a very financially fiscal way to purchase a home when you're in your retirement years. There's not a ton of differences between a traditional mortgage and ours. Um, the underwriting, the qualifying is very much the same. We need to make sure that they can handle their obligations of, you know, property taxes, keeping insurance, enforce HOA dues if they're in a low-maintenance community, that type of thing. They need a good credit history, titles held in the same way. Really, the big difference is just that they're not obligated to make payments, and it's a non-recourse loan, no personal liability. 
And that holds true whether it's just the home buyer's longevity. You know, they have good genes. They manage to live in a house till they're 102. Doesn't even matter if they end up owing more on the loan than the house is worth. That's their house titled in their name. They're living in it, right? Um, in a traditional mortgage, if, you know, in the same time with longevity, perhaps there's knocking on wood, a housing market crash at the same time. Doesn't matter what the reason is, but if they end up owing more on the loan at the end than the house is worth, they're not responsible for making that payment. The sale of the house pays back the loan period. You can't say that with a traditional mortgage. A lot of people got in trouble back in 2008 when their $400,000 house was suddenly worth 300000 They owed more than it was worth at that point on it, and it doesn't matter. That's what they owe. That's what their mortgage says. So with our loans, it doesn't matter, again, whether it's longevity or housing market. You have no personal liability for repayment of the loan, and that's just a really important point. Yes, that's an excellent point where especially and the other thing is you don't get involved with if people are late on paying their mortgage 30 60 90 days you don't get that with the reverse mortgage uh could you just share a little bit how it's possible to purchase a home with a reverse mortgage uh the proceeds from a reverse mortgage that you might be able to get a bigger home than if you paid with cash do you use that yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with our homes, it's going to differ what somebody's investment that they need is going to be because it goes by age. Um, for most of the states that I work in, we can offer this to people as young as age 55 now. I've written these loans for people who were 90 and are, you know, moving into to be closer to family, that type of thing. Um, but they need their investment of funds. We'll figure that out for them based on interest rate and age can't be borrowed funds. Most people will use the sale of their current home, which we'll call the departure home. They'll use the proceeds from that to invest in the next home. But because they only need somewhere between, you know, let's just use 50% as a good example. They need roughly 50%. They might be able to buy a $400,000 house by investing 200,000. So even if they're selling a more modest home, but they're able to net that amount of money, they can get into a new home that's you know more appropriate for aging in place. They can have one floor living, which is important when you're getting older. Um, when this works beautifully is when somebody's selling a departure home and they can use just part of the net proceeds to even buy a nicer, more expensive house and actually keep some of the proceeds from the departure home they can actually add to their liquid retirement funds and get a better house than they thought that they could get so we want people to you know do it wisely you know use that extra buying power that they get because they only have to invest 50 percent or more and a little bit more and still not have mortgage payments but we know their obligation is still they have to pay property taxes and insurance so we still want them to be comfortable with those ongoing fees but when people know that they don't have to either pay cash or, you know, get back into making mortgage payments, they have more freedom to shop at a, at a price point where they can get a home that they really want and need as opposed to just what they think they can afford starting out. So, yeah, it definitely gives them more buying power. And and it seems like, well, your example was, was an excellent example, but if somebody has this departure home that we're talking and they cash out 
for the sake of discussion, let's say three hundred thousand dollars, and they're only they're putting down fifty, as you say, fifty percent to sixty percent, whatever it happens to be. They have uh, the difference of that cash, exactly what you said, that can be used to regenerate some uh, with their financial planners or who ever may be, or just as a slush fund. Um, but the great thing about it is, is that being of retirement age, having the ability to have some excess funds, especially for emergencies, uh, is vitally important. Um, Julie, have you seen a difference in the trend over the last decade with the reverse mortgage for purchase? Is it starting to get more traction? Do you, do you notice we've had it, but, um, that's one of the questions that, that we've been asked. We, as far as originations are concerned. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I still call it the best kept secret and, and financing for your retirement years, but it's one of those things when people do discover it, they'll tell their friends. They're very proud that they discovered it, you know, because it's such a smart, fiscally responsible way to buy a home. And somebody will be, you know, maybe in a nice new construction home that they built and their friends come over and, you know, they're like, I can't believe you have this house. How how do you make it work? You know, you're in the same situation I'm in. And, you know, they'll explain to them about a reverse for purchase and, and have them call me. And, and a lot of this tends to spread word of mouth, which is unusual because I don't think anybody talks about their traditional mortgage and, <laughs> you know, who they went with. And, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't cause them to, you know, be able to get a better lifestyle like a reverse for purchase can. So that's kind of fun. A lot of times somebody will call me in mid-conversation. They'll be like, you know, Paul, who you worked with six months ago, that's my cousin or, you know, that's my good friend since elementary school. So word spreads a lot like that. I do seminars and things like that as well. And that's kind of fun. I'll be in a group with 40 people and they'll be kind of standoffish at first because they're and there's a cat waiting for that shoe to drop and they won't they won't even interact with me and about halfway through when they start hearing what it's about and they look around and they see everybody else nodding going okay maybe there is something to this and at their end they're lining up to give me information to get an analysis so people have to be open-minded enough to listen to it because some people are just still a little bit afraid when they hear the words reverse mortgage but when they hear about it and they hear all the safety things that are, you know, they're very consumer protective loans. There's just a lot of safe features in place for them. When they open up their mind and hear about it, it can really be a no brainer that it's just the best way for them to finance their new home. I'll tell you what's funny about this. I have, I would say a close six friends and that we get together. And the funny part about this, Harry, I never told them that it was going to be on your show or I said do a show every other Wednesday. And what had happened was they came to me and says, I heard you. And they started to listen. And all of a sudden they start talking to me, sharing with me. I didn't know you could do that with the reverse mortgage. So Julie, you, you hit it right on the head. People just have to be open enough and receptive enough to take the information in. And, um, I think that's vitally important. And I think that that has to do with anything, but especially with our program, um, I was thinking uh, when I was talking to my wife that I said, you know, reverse mortgages, I said, you know, all of us 
uh, are challenged all the time because it's probably the least known financial product, one of the least known financial programs that are out there. And it's about education. So um, I think that I think that this has been a great opportunity for everybody to listen to you, Julie. And I, I really, really appreciate you being on the show. And um, um, what I'd like to share with anybody, if anybody is thinking about purchasing in Pennsylvania or uh, I can do reverse mortgages also, but Julie is up there in the new construction uh, part of the state, and I can definitely forward information on to Julie if, if you uh, are interested. Um, Julie, anything else that you would like to add before we go? Um, not really. Like I said, you know, be be open-minded. I personally, 16 years ago, uh family member said, what do you know about reverse mortgages? And I said, oh, I think they're bad and I think they're expensive, but I don't know exactly why. <laughs> Checked into it. It was the answer for my particular family member at that time. And I learned so much about it that I kind of fell in love with it and ended up being in the business and it's 15 years later. So just be open-minded enough to check into it. You might be surprised what you find out. It could be life-changing. Well, good. Yeah, thanks How, how much time do we have? About three minutes, John. Okay, good. Uh, well, I want you don't leave us yet, Julie, because I got another question for you. So here's here's okay. what I have. Um, what is your as far as new construction? And I know that you fine tune what we call the anticipatory anticipatory approach when you're when you're talking to people. Uh, what are some of the techniques that you use to relax the people when you're talking to them about this product? Uh, is it strictly conversation? Uh, is it giving them some of our marketing information? Um, or is it because it's a referral in most cases? Well, people can get a lot of information from our websites, of course. That's a safe place for them to go. Um, sometimes people are afraid to make contact with somebody because they're afraid they're reaching out to a salesperson who's going to, you know, keep calling them, which, you know, we're not like that. I consider my job to get people fully educated so that they can make the best decision for themselves. And I'll tell them, you know, you can call me six times with questions till you fully understand this program. And if you decide it's not for you, we'll still be friends, you know, no harm, no foul. I want you to do what, what's best for you. But also sometimes yeah. people want to get their family members involved. They want their heirs to understand, you know, how they're doing something because if they live in that house the rest of their life, it will affect them as well. So I'm always happy to talk to their children if they would like me to. Sometimes they'll bring in a trusted advisor. They'll want me to explain this to um, an elder law attorney or a financial planner so they can get their thumbs up to do this. So, you know, whatever it takes to make people fully comfortable with it, I'm happy to do. Yeah, it, it's it's a. Uh, it, it, I, I, in talking about this, it's extremely satisfying what we do because we have the ability to change people's lives, and uh, in, in your case, talking about reverse mortgage for purchase, uh, as a former realtor, you can see the impact when you can make somebody's life easier and supply them with some things that's going to make them happy for the rest of their lives. So um, I, I think that is something great. But uh, I know we're finishing up, Julie, and uh, 
I, I really, really appreciate you coming on because I wanted you to share about the Heckman, or I should say the reverse mortgage for purchase because we do have two different products. Uh, but from the perspective of new construction and, and that uh, we actually can do this particular program, which is vitally important. 30 seconds. We'll need to think of People need to think about it and uh, put a conscious effort to it. So, again, uh, for those of you who would like some additional information, you can reach out to me at my my number is 609-231-4924. And my email address is jwalders at reversefunding.com. And I will be glad to relay, relay any information on the Julie for those people that could be up in Pennsylvania and Julie, maybe you should have a GPS on you and you can track you around, you know? And that's that. We're at the finish line. John and Julie, very listenable, great information, and I've thoroughly enjoyed the program. I know our listeners have as well. John, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks, and Julie, take good care. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank Bye-bye. you. Pleasure. Pleasure to be with both of you. Brian Kilmeade begins right now. We'll see you.